Indeed it is the VFL Women's Match of the Day. It's the VFLW Preliminary Final for 2021 at Windy Hill in Essendon. I'm Peter Holden. Great to have your company here on WARFradio.com and at the ground on 89.1 FM. Filling in for Paul Sebastiani, who we're not quite sure if he will be here for the start of the pregame or joining us at midday. But we have got a talented commentary team to uh, get you through for this morning. Let's first of all go down in front of me to our play-by-play caller today. You've heard her throughout the season a number of times. In fact, she's called here at Windy Hill a number of times as well. Just quietly, yes, she is an Essendon supporter. It's a very warm welcome to Lauren Borden. Thanks very much, Pete. Great to be here at Windy Hill. It's a fantastic ground to call from up in the grandstand and it's a nice day uh, to be sitting up here as well. Let's introduce our match analyst for today. One person, of course, you know on the call team. She's been with us since the semi-final of 2014. 2012 VU Norban Spurs VWFL reserve grade premiership footballer you're here also calling NPL Victoria matches a very good morning to Katie Lembeski. Pete thank you so much for having me once again fantastic day for it perfect conditions windy hill finals we're finally back here amazing looking forward to what should be a great contest and it's our honour to have on the call for the very first time. We've actually called her in, in various guises, playing for the Western Bulldogs in the VFLW, then the AFLW. Prior to that, uh, running around for the Arizona Hawks in the US AFL. First of all, the 2018 uh, National Championships in Racing, Wisconsin. Then in 2019 in uh, Bradenton, Florida. It's a very warm welcome to Danielle Marshall. Yeah, thanks, Peter. Good to be here again. What a day for it. Thought it was going to be rainy, but it's not. So very <laughs> excited to see what happens. Absolutely. And we've got these two teams who were expected to meet seven days, or actually less than. Yeah, actually seven days. That's right, because they played on a Saturday. After their semi-finals, after Geelong had beaten uh, St Kilda, and then Essendon went down to Collingwood, but had the double chance because of the major semi-finals. We have this situation, and I'll begin with you, Danny. Uh, you obviously went through it when you were playing in the VFLW with the Bulldogs, and then had to come back uh, against Collingwood at the Holden Centre. Can you talk about that psychology of all of a sudden, we're at the business end of the season, a few weeks off, can't do anything and then you're back into it again yeah it's definitely a little bit of a mental game um especially playing teams that you've played a couple times before this season how's it going to go how are you going to respond but um maybe for some of the players the two weeks break was a good thing so we'll just see who comes out after that stronger Katie Lambeski uh Essendon have yet to beat Geelong in the VFLW since both sides entered the competition Essendon got close once by five points down at Colac if I'm correct is today the day Essendon turned the tables or is Geelong simply too good? Just based on, you know, just based on form, it's really hard to sort of predict 100%. But I think with Geelong, I just think they're at a point where they're just really well structured and that they're very, very hard to beat and play against and break down. And you see this trajectory that Essendon are on. They're very clearly on an upward trend. Like they've been building and building and there's been some fantastic work done here. I think it's going to favour just that experience of the Cats. I think it's just slightly, I think they have the advantage here today but I think there's no better time for Essendon. There really isn't. This this is their first finals campaign. They want to take take every opportunity that comes their way. It should, it should make for a fascinating contest, but I think that experience, that, um, that form favours Geelong at this time. Lauren Borden, for the second time in a finals campaign, Geelong will be coming up against 
their own players. And, and let me explain that. Uh, I, I can't remember one of the names, but I know definitely another name was Phoebe McWilliams. They played for Hawthorne VFLW in 2018 and both had been signed to play for Geelong 2019 AFLW. We have the same situation today. Georgie Press-Parkers and Zali Friswell taken in the top 10 draft picks by Geelong for the AFLW season starting in December, but today will run out for Essendon against Geelong. It is, it is such a little quirk of this year and an interesting concept, especially considering when that draft came about, what was it, a week ago? Um, both it's just Tuesday. It just seems like a lifetime ago. Like but, yeah. yeah. um, but Prisparkas and Frisbell would have known they were playing Geelong in a preliminary final to get into a grand final. And then we obviously saw on Instagram Prisparkas getting up and about in the Geelong jumper once she'd been drafted. So it's quite interesting that now... I don't know how much contact they've had with Geelong in this past week, but it'll be interesting to kind of hear about that. Maybe we ask the coaches about that, what that kind of transition has been like in the last week, considering they're now going head-to-head today. Talking about the coaches, we'll be catching up with Brendan Major, the coach of Essendon, at 11.15 this morning, followed at 11.30 by Andrew Bruce, the coach of Geelong VFLW. Uh, The the other question, Katie, I throw to you, is the Collingwood Football Club, and essentially what are they doing this weekend? Because as per a normal final system, they won the week off to be able to go through the grand final. For them, it'll be literally a month between games when they come back to play in the grand final next Sunday. There's been no official word anywhere, but if you're in the shoes of Chloe McMillan, are you arranging a scratch match today or something to try and blow off the cobwebs before the biggest game of your year? I think you kind of have to, don't you? I think you just need to get those hits in. You just need to get those those miles in the legs, get yourself back into that sort of shape. Of course, the mental um, the mental game is definitely the, uh, a factor as well, but I think you just sort of have to, really just have to get in there, get it done, but nothing too silly where you're injuring your own players, anything like that. But, yeah, they've kind of lost the advantage, haven't they? It's not really a fair situation on them, but they've been... They've answered all challenges this year so far, so I'm sure they're going to back themselves in to do it again. Uh, Lauren, I I throw open the question. Um, When we look at what Collingwood will do next week, I know it's telegraphing a bit, Chloe Malloy was playing for them in uh, the back half of the year, played two games to qualify for finals, then was playing through the finals. Your strength and conditioning staff, if you're at Collingwood, Do you allow her to play that one game or do you see that as too much of a risk going, you're coming in cold to this game, full throttle grand final, when really you're an AFLW level footballer? Do they say, and considering how good an AFLW footballer she is, no, it's too much of a risk, you can't play in this game? That is a very difficult question to look ahead to and it's obviously one that there would be chats about coming into next round or maybe it's something that it's something that obviously she would have 100% played if we went um, you know yeah. we didn't have this two week layoff but it's interesting to think about that I think you keep her in 100% she's she, um, I don't know how, what you think about that, Katie, and I know that you're taking a risk there. Uh, but, I mean, I think it's a small risk. You've got plenty of time until the AFLW season. I know there's pre-season, but obviously she's been keeping fit and doing things for the VFLW season. I think having that cool head and being able to drop her into any position on the ground was so much of an advantage uh, throughout this final series that I think she'd be a huge loss now if she popped out of it. 100%. 100%. I think you just sort of back her in. You just sort of back her professionalism, her ability to recover and get back to eventually the you know the preseason that they're going to look ahead to so back her in you have if you have them available 
go for it. I think you think you have to take that chance. Chloe Malloy, everyone will watch on with anticipation <laughs> if she will run out there or not for Collingwood next week in the grand final at Northport Oval. And uh, a bit, Danny, obviously you have the pleasure of being able to be here today as part of our commentary team and be able to watch the game. Obviously, due to the current COVID restrictions, a crowd officially is not permitted here at Windy Hill. Um, how much can you gather at home? There is the AFL stream that I should mention will be running from 12pm. How much can you gather on video compared to being at the ground? Because no doubt, in again, in normal circumstances, with the week off, the Collingwood girls would be here. They'll be here in numbers, sitting here, watching the game, watching everything that's going on around the ground to put in their mental bank ready for next week. How much can you glean off just the single camera vision? Um, definitely not as much as you would like. Um, when I do vision, I'm definitely looking at the behind the goals footage, that kind of thing. So if, if they do have the behind the goals footage and it gets up for the girls, they'll probably be taking a more of a closer look yeah. at that, I think, this week. But watching the game in real time kind of gives you a better vibe of who's up, who's down, the kind of the flow of the game. Watching it in pieces sometimes doesn't give you, you know, I mean, last or the last final a couple of weeks ago now, like Geelong was down to St. Kilda and they had to fight their way back. So watching the, the transition of the team and how they fight back sometimes as the whole game is nice to see, but definitely would prefer to see the whole field behind the goals, how the teams are structured um, is a little bit more helpful personally. It, it's just those little things too, isn't it? Just like those running patterns, particularly like for forwards. It's just that you definitely can glean more in that sense, I feel. So yeah, if, hopefully they can arrange some sort of footage, but yeah, just a, a strange situation all in all, unfortunately. But we might see quite a few Collingwood players who have dogs just uh, walking their dog around Windy Hill today. We might take this opportunity to take a quick break. When we return on the other side of the break, we should have Essendon coach Brendan Major joining us here on the pregame show on WARFradio.com. This is the preliminary final live at Windy Hill. A tough time doesn't excuse abusive behaviour at home. Even in crisis, there's no place for domestic or family violence. If you, your family or community is affected, help is available online and by phone 24-7. For free, confidential advice, support and counselling for everyone, contact 1800RESPECT. There's no place for domestic or family violence. Help is here. Authorised by the Australian Government, Canberra. Draft Central is entering a new era, covering all the state leagues from the VFLW, Sample W, Waffle W and Quaffle W, as well as their primary focus, the NAB League Girls. Draft Central has you covered when it comes to all you need to know about the future stars of the AFL women's. Draft Central, brought to you by Rookie Me, is now on YouTube, so be sure to subscribe at Draft Central, as well as on our Facebook, Twitter and Instagram pages at Draft Central Oz. The Smith family have been helping disadvantaged Australian children for decades. Today we focus on helping children break the cycle of disadvantage by supporting them to get the most out of their education. But right now, one in six Australian children are living in poverty and don't have what they need for school. These kids need a hand up, not a handout. You can help them get the school essentials they need to fit in and the extra learning support to keep up. Please sponsor an Australian child today. Search The Smith Family. Hey Gary, what time you call this? Yeah, the traffic was really bad. Oh, there's Steve. Okay, Steve. Good morning. How's your weekend? Same old, same old. What'd you get up to? Not much. Are you okay, mate? Looking out for one another is something we all need to do. So if a mate's struggling, ask, are you okay? Listen, encourage action, and check in again soon. Those four steps could change their life. 
Find out more at ruok.org.au. Hey guys, I'm Jess. And I'm Lisa from the Veronica's for Rad. Recording artists, actors and athletes against drink driving. What does it mean to be a designated driver? It means you're the friend who's agreed not to drink, not the person who's had the least to drink. It's cool to do and it shows you care about your friends. If you screw up just once, then your life changes forever. Face it, their lives are in your hands. So why don't you and your friends take it in turns to be the designated driver when you go out? You'll make the road safer for all of us. Indeed it is the VFLW Match of the Day here on WARFradio.com. Uh, if you just happen to be walking your dog by Napier Street and Brewster Streets in Essendon, you can hear us delay free on 89.1 FM. It's uh, Peter Holden, Katie Lambeski, Lauren Borden and Danielle Marshall with you here at uh, Windy Hill. We're going to be catching up with the coach of the Essendon Bombers in the VFLW in Brendan Major. In fact, he joins us on the line right now. Good morning, Brendan. Good morning. Great to have you here on preliminary final day. Um, how does it feel, Brendan, after uh, having two or three weeks off coming into essentially a cutthroat game? Yeah, I mean, it's a bit surreal. You, you, you spend your whole time watching the news for, for COVID cases and seeing how the state's going and following lockdowns, and then all of a sudden we're back in the footy. And um, I was just reading something with Courtney Eagle today saying you've kept it pretty much business as usual as much as you can. Is that how you've tried to run your sessions and just keep it as normal as possible? Everyone obviously knows how big this game is. Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's enough external distractions and, and changes and differences going on. I think that the more consistent we can be, that's only going to benefit our players and staff. Ambeski here with you. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, looking ahead to today's game, I mean, Geelong, you know, after the season they've had, what have you taken from just some of the games that you've had against them so far this season and uh, had, you know, what do you expect from them today? Oh, Geelong are a very professional outfit. So they've, they've um, obviously run their VFL program very similar to their AFLW program. So they're really strong all, all across the park. There's no real weaknesses in in their, their team play so um, we expect them to be a, a, a huge challenge for us today it's uh, it's an interesting time isn't it for you uh, Brendan because you've had players taken away from you in a sense six players obviously drafted which is fantastic um, you're obviously hoping that they'll come back to the Bombers when Essendon finally do come into the AFLW and the unusual situation for you today where Georgie and Zali were taken by Geelong in the draft but are playing for you today yeah I mean it's a unique situation that you really you, you couldn't read about it it's um it's uh, it's fantastic for those players. They've put in a lot of work, and both our um, NAB feeder clubs in in Bendigo and and Calder have done an amazing job preparing these players for VFL and then AFLW football. So they should be really proud, and, and we're just happy that we can contribute to the development of these players. And that's that's what we're here for, and um, we're really happy for them. But yeah, it's a unique situation for them to be rolling out against the team they're going to be playing with. Yeah, definitely is. And obviously a major out coming uh, for this week is Lauren Ahrens. Can you tell us a little bit about what puts her uh, out of the side? Obviously a big out coming into this game. Yeah, well, the borders aren't open. So it's it's, it's so kind of with the, the COVID situation and then a um, bit of conservative management um, because she's, she's preparing for an AFLW season. So there was a, she had a little bit of a niggle that put a sort of a question mark on her. So 
um, we wanted to do what's best for the for the, the team and the player. So yeah, unfortunately she's out. It's, um, it's a loss for us. Hey, uh, Danielle Marshall here. Uh, I was at the uh, last game you guys had with uh, Collingwood, and that was, I mean, they just played so well, had a lot of chances, and obviously kind of a heartbreaking loss. Do you think the the two weeks almost kind of helps a little bit reset, or do you think it it would have been better to maybe just go straight after that um, emotional time? Yeah, it, it's really difficult to answer that. I mean, our, we play um, we play a, a pretty manic brand of football at times, and I think the Collingwood game we we got a lot of things right, but then we you're right, we just couldn't convert at the pointy end of the ground. So um, that's that's something that we wanted to work on. But I, I think we're still carrying the momentum and the belief through the players, and they seem to be in a good headspace and they're prepared as best they can. So um, I don't think it really makes that much of a difference for us. We're just you know, we'll play anytime, anywhere. We just want to play footy. As I alluded to earlier, uh, Brennan, about the um, draft, unfortunately, uh, for some players, would have had hopes of being picked up. They didn't. Do you use that at all as a motivation factor, whether it was training through the week or even today, and maybe try and push the buttons of one or two players to say, look, you weren't taken in the draft. Show them all wrong today. Uh not really, to be honest. Um, we we more lean on in, in terms of motivation. Like, I don't need to motivate my players for a game like today. Um, well, I've got a fantastic group. And the, the thing that mainly drives them is they want to play with each other. So um, what we've done really well this year as a, as a whole team and a, and a whole club is people have come in and played their role and they've played their role with enthusiasm and energy. So... Um, when when things like that happen and players, you know, it's, we're happy for some players and it's disappointing for others, but they're out there to play for each other. So this end of the season, they've they've done all the work, they've ticked off all the things they need to tick off, they've made everyone proud. So now it's just about you know really getting the reward for themselves. Brendan, and just one more from me. I mean, for yourself personally, through your journey in Victorian women's football, I mean, are you allowing yourself to to dream a little bit, like winning a premiership with these girls? I mean, what would it mean to you to go just that one step further and, you know, taste the ultimate glory with this side? Uh, it's not necessarily just about winning a premiership for me. Like, personally, um, I set out when, when I started at, you know, when I started at the Eastern Devils all those years ago, it's about giving um, female footballers the opportunity to be really well supported whether it be at, at, at community level football at VFL level football or AFLW level football and when I moved over to Essendon it was about instilling belief and putting some systems in place to make sure that these players could grow within our system and so to watch them for me to watch them get the um, on-field success that they've worked so hard for after those first couple of years like the first year we only won one game um, but the, the players didn't lose heart and they kept working at it. And so to see them get that on-field success, that, that you know, makes me really proud and makes me really happy. Um, so even just to, to be in the conversation for premierships is, is huge for me. I'm, I'm, I'm wrapped for the players. Just following on that, Brendan, for my last question as well, I was having a, a private conversation with Georgia Nanscorn during the week. Um, I was surprised her name wasn't called out in the draft. And as she mentioned, she, she didn't go into the draft. And, and she said it for this reason. She goes, I love the culture at Essendon. I don't want to be anywhere else. I actually, Because in my humble opinion, she's favourite for the, Ham, the uh, Lambert Pierce medal as the VFLW best and fairest for the outstanding 2021 that she's had. But she's not interested at the moment of going to the AFLW, but staying with you for what you've developed at Essendon as you march towards 2022 or 2023 in the AFLW? 
Yeah, I mean, I would caution against saying it's just what I've done. I mean, it, it, it takes a, take the whole community. It, it takes the whole family to get to get a group together and to get them to play like they have. So, I mean, I can take, you know, 2% of the credit. But, you know, there's so many great people that work within our program that help drive that culture. So, you know, as a head coach, I made 10 critical decisions throughout the year, but all these staff and all these players make hundreds of little decisions and, and positively contribute to the culture throughout. So someone like G, I mean, that that's why we have such a great culture is because she has that attitude and, and wants to make it about everyone else and wants to make it about what we can do and not just what, what her or what I can do. So it's, it's, you know, not all players want to get to that next level. She's obviously played sport at a really high level before. So for her to have her 100% committed and, and in on what we're doing and being able to provide some continuity in the program, that's huge for us. Well, Brendan, thanks again for joining us on the pregame show here on WARFradio.com. And we wish you all the very best today in this preliminary final against Geelong. Thanks very much. Thank you to Brendan Major, who has always been so generous with his time, not only throughout the 2021 VFLW season, but as Katie alluded to, going back to his time with the Eastern Devils, which, if I recall, is going all the way back to 2015. Yeah, exactly. He's been such a um, a fixture and a presence around Victorian football for a while. And he, you know, he, under his leadership with the Eastern Devils, I recall that they were a fearsome club to play against at times. And I think it's testament to what he's helped build here. He'll be... You know, you can tell how humble he is just on that interview there. It, it doesn't... It The success that they've had, what they've been building, that do, doesn't just happen. It's with strong leadership, and that's from him as well, just at the football department level, and, of course, at the top through Katie Leo. So, yeah, outstanding presence. Some may have seen the photo online uh, after their win against Casey in that thriller by less than a kick of him punching the air. That was because that was his first finals win as a coach. In 2015, he was coach of the Eastern Devils going into the final round when they were third. And that famous day when they got knocked off by the St Kilda Sharks and Melbourne Uni caused an upset all in the space of 60 seconds. And they went from third to out of the finals. 2016, they got to the finals. They were third again. They played um, Melbourne Uni. But Meg Hutchins was carrying a serious injury into that game. And they were hoping to get her through it. And unfortunately, Melbourne Uni ran all over them. Bang, out they went. Uh, 2017, uh, they had injuries again in those new sides that came in. They missed out on the finals then. Um, then at 2018, he came to Essendon where they won, as he said, that one game. And you're thinking, geez, you have, you know, these things are going pretty rough there for Major. 2019, they had a bit of a late run, just fell short of the finals. And then finally, after all of this, everything he's been through, including no football in 2020, he finally had a finals win. He got within a goal of knocking off Collingwood uh, in the semi-final, and now possibly stands 80 minutes away from a grand final berth. So what you're saying is we might see a Dean Boxall level celebration <laughs> on the sideline there if he gets up today. Uh, no, it's just he's had. You're right. He hasn't. It hasn't had the most luck. But you know he's he's created something I think really unique here, and I think it's ready. To, uh, this is a side that looks ready to take the next step. It's a massive task ahead of him today. Day, but um, yeah, uh, onwards and upwards, I, I can't help but think for Brendan Major and of course for this Essendon side as well. Danielle Marshall, we have a look at the Essendon side as we speak, warming up at the moment, and it just seems to be that right balance, doesn't it, of experience with that youth. We talked about Friswell and Res Barkas and uh, Barber, and some of the youngsters have been around the system for, for quite a while, and then they've got that sprinkling in there where we've talked about Nance gone and, and the oldest player running around in the VFLW, Cecilia McIntosh. Yeah, definitely. I think just watching them warm up, like they said, with the culture, they've 
they have smiles on their faces, they're up and about, they're ready to go, but at the same time also look focused um, and know, you know, know how important the game is that they're about to play. So when you have that balance of, you know, the young ones running around, zipping around, creating all the energy, um, but then the older ones kind of bringing back it down and giving it that focus, um, you know, that, that can be a very, very good combination when you're heading into a game like this. Lauren, what will be interesting to see today with Press Barkas and Friswell is not only they're playing against the club they will play for in the AFLW, but even if they were taken by another club. Um, and we're going to see it for, uh, for Gillard today running around there, the ruck for Essendon, who was taken by Melbourne. You've kind of had this very big high during the week, and you're probably, you know, running around like crazy on Wednesday, calling all your friends, etc. Uh, you know, the exciting news that you, you were taken in the draft. How, you know, have you almost spent a little too much energy during the week? You know, can, can you almost feel, I mean, I know it's, you know, you're playing for a spot in the grand final, but maybe just a tiny, tinsy little bit flat coming out after everything you've experienced during the week. Yeah, it can definitely take a lot out of you when you're experiencing something emotional like that, even as happy as it is. And obviously you're getting so many calls and um, texts from people that you're uh, responding to, which can be tiring. But I think when we look in the case of someone like Prasparkas or Friswell, they were fairly certain to get drafted. So I think it, it doesn't come as a surprise. So it wasn't like something they were sitting there on Tuesday night and then celebrating because it was came out of the blue. So I think for them, I think they'll be fine. Obviously in the... Um, under-18s competition now with Calder and they're prepared very well and they're prepared for every case and uh, very professionally prepared. So I don't think it'll impact her too much at all going into this week. I think it's just a little bit more of um, some excitement uh, going in and just a little bit of strange... Uh probably strange being out on the field against the colours you'll wear in a couple of weeks time definitely but I think as you mentioned I think it's more you're not going into the unknown anymore like in the past like you you know these players who were picked up in the first couple of years of AFLW it's just the level of professionalism keeps evolving you, there's just more experience and there's more I think an ability to adapt to the professional level you know and I think it's a it's yeah, of course, you're only human. Distractions, of course, happen and things outside the game happen as well. But it's more the support's there now, I think. And that's, I think that's what you lean on and you just lead toward having that sort of that, that strength, you know, just to concentrate and go again. We'll take this opportunity to take a break. On the other side of the break, we're going to be speaking to Andrew Bruce, the coach of Geelong, here on WARFradio.com. Winter has really set in. Time for hot drinks, warm soups, a relaxing bath and cranking up the heater. Did you know that all these things present a burn hazard for children? In fact, 79% of burns happen in the home. Visit kidsafe.com.au to download the free burn safety checklist and get some essential tips for keeping kids safe in your home. And remember, when a burn occurs, apply cool running water for at least 20 minutes. No oil, butter, ointments or ice. Always seek medical advice if the burn is larger than 3 centimetres. Hey Gary, what time you call this? Yeah, the traffic was really bad. Oh, there's steve Go, Steve. Morning. How's your weekend? Same old, same old. What'd you get up to? Not much. Are you okay, mate? Looking out for one another is something we all need to do. So if a mate's struggling, ask, are you okay? Listen, encourage action, and check in again soon. Those four steps could change their life. Find out more at areyouok.org.au. Draft Central is entering a new era, covering all the state leagues from the VFLW, Sample W, Waffle W and Quaffle W, as well as their primary focus, the NAB League Girls, Draft Central has you covered when it comes to all you need to know about the future stars of the AFL Women's. 
Draft Central, brought to you by Rookie Me, is now on YouTube, so be sure to subscribe at Draft Central, as well as on our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages at Draft Central Oz. It's Adam Mears winning gold. Hey, I'm Anna Mears. Winning gold at the Olympics was an incredible feeling. And having my biggest rival, who I'd just beaten, ride up next to me and lift my hand in victory topped off an amazing moment. We'd had our fair share of clashes over the years, but in the end, we both respected each other, and that's what really counts in sport. Be gracious in victory and in defeat. To keep your sport inclusive, safe and fair, go to playbytherules.net.au. Indeed it is the VFL Women's Match of the Day because it is the preliminary final here at Windy Hill. It is Essendon versus Geelong. The winner of this game will go through to the grand final and meet Collingwood next week, who in normal situations, Collingwood would have a week off between uh, games, but it is a month between games due to the uh, current uh, COVID situation. Let's head on down the boundary line, shall we? We're going to catch up now with the head coach of Geelong in the VFLW. His name, of course, is Andrew Bruce. Andrew, good morning. Good morning. Great to have you on the line, Andrew. Um, how's it been? I guess you've come off this exciting game against the Southern Saints. It's toing and throwing. It was a close final quarter. A lot of energy, a lot of vibe. And then there was kind of nothing for everyone due to COVID for two weeks, and, and we're back again. Yeah, yeah, it's a strange old feeling, that is for sure. But um, I just said to the group in our, um, in our pre-match meeting that yeah, their attitude's been outstanding through that period. And... You know, we probably we probably had a best night of the the year on Thursday night on the track. So, um, you know, we're really comfortable where we're at now. And you've obviously had a nice boost with a few players um, being drafted and going up to the AFLW uh, level. How nice is it to see that? And also, considering quite a few of them are also Geelong locals as well. Oh yeah, it's super. It's super for the whole group, and um, you know, for the for those three girls, they just um, they really deserve their opportunity. And I think all three of them will, will do really well. And for, for everybody else in the group or comes into our group over the next couple of years to have that example of um, you know it's not over for you um, it is really great so um, yeah most definitely they, there's a couple of um, yeah, all, all local girls so they don't have to worry about travel and all that kind of stuff so it, it is great for them Andrew, Katie Lambeski here with you. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, I mean, looking ahead to today's game a little bit, what are you expecting from uh, this Essendon side and um, what have you taken from the last couple of meetings uh, throughout this season so far? Yeah, um, yeah so I, I know, you know they, they love a contested-type game. Their mids um, love coming out through the front of the, the stoppage where they can, so we have to be really aware of that. Um, they're a really strong side. Um, we, we only played them the once out at Beacon, kind of halfway through the year, I think it was. Um, and um, but I think their side is considerably different to when that game was, as as is ours to a degree. Um, so I, I just think it'd be a really tight game, um, to be honest. And, and with the conditions, um, you know, it'll be it'll be a pretty tight all day. Hey Andrew, uh, Danny Marshall here. Um, I was roommates with uh, Tina back through lockdown and, and spent a lot of time with her. Uh, how have you seen her progress throughout the season and, and what are you expecting her to contribute today? Yeah, so um, I've spoken about Tins quite a lot um, because she's, she's so good at what she does for us. Um, yeah, her progression is, you know, I think predominantly um, 
uh, when she was playing over in Europe, she was playing through that midfield. So to learn the defensive role and to execute it so well has been uh, amazing, really. Um, her her skill level is, is fantastic. We expect that she'll defend really tightly and strongly and her kicking will be um, very good coming out of our defensive 50. But, yeah, we love everything about her. How about the story for Annabelle Johnson, the year that she's had originally coming from Warrnambool, getting taken in the draft, rewarding her uh, as a club through the week? Yeah, so, yeah, Belle's uh, been terrific. She came uh, down to pre-season, at the, obviously at the start of the year, and hadn't played any footy at all other than kicking the ball with her, her brothers in the, in the backyard. And um, so, you know, to see her progression, you, you could see straight away that she, she was highly skilled. Um, she's got a soccer background, so she's very good on both feet um, and um, understands, you know, the movement side of football, as in, you know, the transition side. So um, she's been fantastic, and I actually think she'll do really well at the next level. And you mentioned a really positive night on the track on Thursday night. Was there anyone or any players that were especially up and about and buoyed by this opportunity? Um, no, I think everyone really was. Everyone's excited to see each other because, like, like all of us in in lockdown, you you do miss that seeing friends and whether it's work colleagues or whatever. But you know, they're actually a really tight group, um, and I think they just miss seeing each other and and having a, uh, you know been able to celebrate the fact that three of the girls out of the group got drafted. So that was exciting. But um, no, it was a whole, it was a whole of group thing. They were really uh, yeah, up and about and skill level. It was actually a, a beautiful night on Thursday night. Uh, unlike tonight, yeah, you know, today with a lot of wind. Like on Thursday night, it was, it was really clear. So um, yeah, no, everybody was up and about and excited. Always, and you know, uh, an exciting time of the year, Andrew. But for yourself, I mean, personally, do you allow yourself just to um, to dream a little bit, looking forward to you know, possibly like what would a grand final mean to you? What would a premiership mean uh, to you and to and to the group? Uh, yeah, it means it means the world, you know. And if it doesn't, you're probably not, not in the in the, the right position. But um, you know, that would be really exciting if we get that opportunity. But we, um, you know, we just spoke about that fact that you know, for, for something we want to get to, we've got a massive challenge ahead of us to, to let us have a crack at that. So we need to concentrate on that. And um, there's no doubt a, for the group would be outstanding. Um, and um, you know, everybody wants to win a premiership, but we understand that we're doing a lot of work to do before we get to that point. Well, Andrew, thanks again for joining us on the pregame show here on WARFradio.com. We wish you and the Cats all the very best against the Bombers today in the preliminary final. Thanks very much, team. I appreciate your support. Thank you. So, thank you to Andrew Bruce, the head coach of Geelong in the VFLW, joining us here on WARFradio.com. And don't forget, you can tweet us anytime at WARFradio. Listening to both coaches... As we look around our commentary team, who do you get the vibe off of who's probably the more confident or, should I say, settled as we come into this game? I think they're both um, quite settled coaches. I think Brendan Major is potentially more serious than we've heard from him uh, in pre-game before. Usually he throws in a bit of a gag or a joke. Andrew Bruce was a lot more like his normal self. He's uh, quite a relaxed coach as well. But I think they're generally um, both pretty relaxed characters. Maybe Brendan just a little bit more serious today than normal. Both determined in their own way, aren't they, though? Just both level-headed, both, I think, incredibly driven as well. For um, I, th- they, I think they get the sense that there's a massive opportunity ahead for them, ahead for their teams. And, um, yeah, back to business now. And um, I think also with the situation that we've been in, I think there's also just that 
you know, it's, I think it's that gratefulness to be back to. So, yeah, massive, mass, incredible leadership from both, by the way, and should be a fascinating contest ahead for us as well. It was quite interesting um, just to hear that they had a training session Geelong on Thursday night, and that was their first time back. So it must have just been one training session potentially before coming into this game. They were allowed to train from Wednesday onwards, but I guess, you know, for them, do they go the Wednesday, Thursday? Do they go Wednesday, Friday? Or do you have the one which they did on the Thursday? So what comes down to the strength and conditioning stuff and what they think? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, with the Thursday, you could probably get a longer session. You could probably do more rather than have that quick turnaround on like a, a Friday or like a big session on Wednesday and a slower one on Friday. But yeah, I mean, I don't envy the task of these football departments, to be honest, in this uncertain time that we're all in. And you just have to, at the end of the day, you just have to back the t- your players in a little bit. You have to just be, you know, back back them in, let them do the job. What is different compared to the last lockdown, which, of course, uh, Danny, you went through before coming back in round 13. If I recall correctly, we had that weekend off. So you had, uh, if, if they wanted to at the time, they could have trained on the weekend and then had all week before coming into that restart weekend. Here, Danny, the different situation where you could start training from midweek, so that shorter run-up. Yeah, I think, as Brendan mentioned in his interview, they tried to keep it as normal as possible. So I think the training on Thursday, that's their usual training night, get the girls in on the normal night that they come in, keep it as as standard as possible is is probably one of the best ways to look at that. Um, You know, keep everything um, rolling, but don't make it two extra days, try to fit something in, um, just take it as it comes. But I mean... Yeah, all the nerves, anticipation building up, hopefully at least the training session, get it out, get it going and and roll into the weekend on on a high note. We'll take this opportunity to take a break here on WARFradio.com. When we come back, we'll take a little bit of a look at the draft that was held on uh, Tuesday night. Plus, continuing our preview of Essendon versus Geelong, it is a 12pm bounce down here at Windy Hill. The average person spends 44 minutes a day thinking about food. At Oz Harvest, thinking about food is a full-time job because we're always looking for new ways to nourish our country and combat food waste and hunger. Every day, we rescue quality surplus food across Australia and deliver it to those who'd otherwise go hungry. And you can help. Every dollar donated to Oz Harvest can provide two meals to people in need. Visit ozharvest.org. Thought for food. Could you recognise if one of your friends or family was having a stroke? Think fast. F. Face. Check their face. Has their mouth drooped? A. Arms. Can they lift both arms? S. Speech. Is their speech slurred or confused? T. Time. Don't wait. Call triple O now. Think fast. Act fast. A message from the National Stroke Foundation. No business wants to throw money away. But did you know sending resources to landfill can be more expensive than recycling them? Planet Ark's free business recycling service can kickstart your workplace recycling journey, help you find the right recycling solutions and give you a competitive edge. Join the 1 million Australians using business recycling to keep valuable resources in circulation. Visit businessrecycling.com.au. It's just good business. A tough time doesn't excuse abusive behaviour at home. Even in crisis, there's no place for domestic or family violence. If you, your family or community is affected, help is available online and by phone 24-7. For free, confidential advice, support and counselling for everyone, contact 1800RESPECT. There's no place for domestic or family violence. Help is here. 
Authorized by the Australian Government, Canberra. On WARFradio.com, and if you just happen to be walking by Napier and Brewster Streets in Essendon, 89.1 FM, delay free. This is the VFLW preliminary final. Essendon and Geelong, the winner, will play Collingwood next Sunday in the grand final. That's the 8th of August. Bounce down at 5 past 1 pm at Northport Oval or Kjing for the sponsors, ETU Stadium. Peter Holden, Lauren Borden, Katie Lambeski, and Danny Marshall with you in commentary here at Windy Hill. I, I guess the, the one thing that we have to look at with today's game is how do you play a ground like Windy Hill? It's not like, for example, Geelong's ground at Deakin University, a little bit in the valley, it's wide open spaces, the wind everywhere. Here today, we're talking about the old stands, the herd stand, the Cookson stand, which is going to shelter the northeast corner, pardon me, the northwest corner of the ground. Katie, you're an Essence supporter. Lauren, you're an Essence supporter. You'd know this ground both very well. How do you, particularly if you're a visiting site, how do you attack this type of ground, particularly when you're going to be going down towards the railway end? I think you have to sort of be ready to just run and run and run. I think the running game will be... Um, particularly important today, keeping the ball low. Just in terms of the breeze today, that that does impact things, but I think it's more swirly than anything from what we can tell so far. Keep the ball low, get ready to run, hit up your targets where you can, and just go short. I think at times when you're in doubt, so it's a, it's a it's a very tricky ground to come up against. It's a very tricky sort of um, challenge for visiting sides, but yeah, you can adapt. You definitely can adapt and can try to just got to work hard at the end of the day. Danny, looking at the uh, Geelong side for today, you've played against them a couple of times. They've got some tools around there that's going to give Essen some headaches. And I guess from your experience, how do you tackle them when you think about they got Georgia Clark up there forward, Cordy Kanjaka can jump around the forward line. Maddie Boyd the ultimate swing woman. She can play back, she can play defence. They've got three that they can rotate around at any time. How do you try to handle that? Particularly an Essen side that's, besides uh, Gillard, um, it's not actually a pretty tall team. It's actually made up of mids. Yeah, I think, um, you know, you have to make sure that you're aware of where they're at, what positions they're playing, if they are swinging forward, if they are swinging back, just really communicate that um, that they're not left free. But I think, um, you know, if you get on them early and, and you you are, you're working hard, you're running, you're getting to the space and, and don't let them take it in the air, I think then obviously Essendon will have the advantage if they can keep it on the ground and run with it, especially on their home deck. Um, they can make a lot of use of the transition and, and turnovers that can possibly happen there. So, um, you know, we'll see if we, they can get on top of that and keep the ball on the ground. Interesting to see that uh, for Jennifer, that's Teresa Meister, the German recruit out of the Hamburg Dock, is officially on the VFLW website. She was named on the halfback flank. How would you have yeah, imagine her playing the traditional fullback role, probably going to Mia Ray Clifford. A bit similar to what she did in the uh, Collingwood game, where she went to essentially what was the most threatening target, even though it wasn't the tallest target, and that was Chloe Malloy. Mm. Yeah, I mean, Teresa, because she has the background kind of more in the midfield and running, she yeah. de- she, she has a tank that you maybe yeah. you wouldn't expect from someone her size, um, but she can definitely run with the best of them as well, uh, um, as well as just being really strong. Um, when I was lifting with her she'd never really lifted before and I was like how much are you lifting <laughs> um, so just a very impressive athlete um, I think and someone that that can do the job on a forward if asked Lauren Borden we look at the Essendon side 
we talk about, which, which is going to be their key threat, as much as there's the number two draft pick in Georgia Brisparkas, the one that racks up the stats is Georgia Nanscorn. 21.7 disposals she averages per game. And that's 14.7 kicks and seven handballs. And more importantly, nails up almost 10 tackles a game. The pressure that she creates there in the middle of the ground. What do you do in that situation? Do you throw Sophie Van der Heuvel on it? Do you try and go tag for tag and try and try and take her out of the game? Or do you almost have to wave the white flag and go, she's going to get the ball regardless, so we've just got to think about one kick down the line? I think there is an element of that, that she's one of those players that no matter what's been thrown at her uh, throughout this season, she's always found a way to get her hands on the ball. And she is one of those players that, aside from probably leaning up for a mark for a marking contest in the forward 50. She's pretty much in every contest uh, around the ground. So it's something that they're going to have to pay close attention to. I don't think a tagging option tends to work because then her and Prasparkas work well together and they each play uh, each other's inside role well. So I think they combine really well. So it's probably just going to have to be a case of Geelong having to get in there first and having to get the ball before Nanscorn even gets a look at it, which is going to be very difficult to do. You wonder if there'll be a small versus small matchup because there's two veterans out there, uh, obviously a lot different in age, but they've both been playing around for a long time and both originally out of Melbourne University. You've got Maddie Kerrick on one side, Cecilia McIntosh on the other. Yeah, such experienced pros have been around the game for a very long time and I think particularly with um, someone like a Cecilia McIntosh just has that experience. So I think you're gonna. I think they're going to. Uh, her side's going to need to rely on today a bit more, just to try to keep that level head. She's been in these situations before finals. She's, yeah, she's. Uh, but essentially, you can't put a price on that really. And I think with Carrick as well, I think she's going to be really important across. I think half back. I think we might see her mainly. She's played some really um, crucial roles in sort of intercept marking. She's been such a well-rounded player for a long time too. So key players for the for their opposing sides, no doubt. Renee Garring, obviously experienced in the back line. Who does she go to today? Do you try and put her on a, a mobile uh, Alana Barber? I'd lean toward that. I'd probably lean toward that. I think with Barber, I think she can... You know she can really hurt teams. She's got that that ability, that mobility, that you know to get around the ground, really mobile, good leading patterns. Yeah, you probably back her in to take that task. Well, I know we we're going to talk about the drop. We'll have to talk about it very quickly because we're actually running very short on time today, and we have to thank both coaches for being uh, very generous with their time. I, I guess the, the, the one interesting headline coming out of the draft, and apologies to Danny that you didn't get picked up. We want to see you back out there for the next AFLW season, and hopefully you can kick some butts in the VFLW next year just to remind everyone of the great talent we've got running around. But the most intriguing one out of it was the Tegan Cunningham situation because the rumours going around was when Harris went from Carlton to Melbourne that possibly Cunningham was going to be part of a deal and be sent to Carlton. Then all of a sudden Cunningham retired and we thought, oh, okay, she must be one of those like uh, Shani uh, Norder who it's a case of, well, look, I'm getting on in my career. This is not enough money. And everyone thought, well, fair enough. And then all of a sudden out of the blue, she says, oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm out of retirement. I'm nominating for the draft, which would normally give the indication of, oh, a club must have spoken to her. Someone's going to pick her up late in the draft. And then she doesn't get picked up, which makes everyone wonder, what, what's going on? Bizarre. Bizarre. Definitely a strange situation there. But I think it kind of surprised me when she initially retired because I thought she still had something left to give. I, I thought it was just... Of course, personal factors do play into it, as we've mentioned, as we've seen. But, yeah, just strange all around. I would I would have thought that someone would have said, hey, look, of course, we'll take you. Um, 
come out of retirement, we'll have to have you for a season or two. She can still do the job. And I wonder, yeah, uh, it's just bizarre all around really I, I couldn't quite understand it myself it's intriguing you know to, to, to sit on the sidelines and then to want to put the hand up again a lot of people are going what what what, what is going on here but only Tegan will know but the, the, the interesting thing is because she put her hand up again you're going to have VFLW clubs now circling going oh hi you're available Essendon could be one contender. Hawthorne's another contender. Both will have the carrot dangling of, oh, hey, we could be in the AFLW soon, so why not play a season with us? And according to rules that will be set down, they'll be able to nominate some VFLW-listed players straight to their AFLW list without going into said draft. That is one possibility. And then, of course, you've got the standalone types, obviously the Darabin Falcons, and you've got a Penny Killer Reed hanging out there at Weemstown. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's... It's a bit of a slog. The season can be a bit of a slog, particularly through winter. And, you know, having that motivation to get to get up and to try and do that is a task. Is a task. Depending on what her, it's hard to say just because we don't know what her future plans are. If she still has a desire to compete at AFLW level, um, by nominating, I guess she does. We can only just say that she does have that um, desire, but. Yeah, I think she can absolutely she can absolutely do a job at any club, really. Any club will, can find, a, I think, a spot for her. Um, but, yeah, just I think those clubs like Williamstown, I think, would really benefit from having just her leadership as well around around the place too. So, yeah, I think any club would be lucky to have her, just, um, just a matter of having that discussion, I guess, at the end of the day, engaging just her thoughts. And, of course, a number of other players are delisted, and one of them we are actually watching today is Maddie Boyd from Geelong, who did not get uh, picked up. She is a Geelong local, by the way, so it's a case of that she may be staying with Geelong VFL because of convenience of location. Um, yep. But who knows? Again, she's another player that uh, other VFLW clubs may just be circling around to say, well, if you're looking for a change of scene. North Geelong Magpies, I think she was even yeah. she was even a, a, a local there and really, you know, I think that's where she really made a name for herself and got herself into AFLW contention. So, yeah, I think it's a, it is a sacrifice having to up and move. It's... Uh, well, with these players, it's a lot of factors that play into it. But I think, yeah, it was a bit of a surprise to see her not picked up again by Geelong. I think she's she has that skill set that's to play forward or back, has the experience. Why, you know, I think any club might just want to have that chat with her too. And I like caution yeah. Maddie Boyd, if she wanted to go back a level to play with North Geelong, beware, because one of your competitors is Drysdale, and you've got Steph Carroll and possibly Meg Hutchins is going to pull on her jumper there. So uh, so if, if you want to avoid Meg, just quietly look for another division. <laughs> look look out. <laughs> look out. But yeah, you know, home is where the heart is at the end of the day, and I think it's it'd be really, yeah, it'd be great to see her stay. I think with Geelong staying in that area, she's just such been a, a, a fixture just in that area for a very long time, and yeah, it's. I'm sure she'll be a key player today as well out there. We'll take this opportunity to take a break. When we return, we'll have the first bounce of the preliminary final between Essendon and Geelong. The average person spends 44 minutes a day thinking about food. At Oz Harvest, thinking about food is a full-time job because we're always looking for new ways to nourish our country and combat food waste and hunger. Every day, we rescue quality surplus food across Australia and deliver it to those who'd otherwise go hungry. And you can help. Every dollar donated to Oz Harvest can provide two meals to people in need. Visit ozharvest.org. Thought for food. Could you recognise if one of your friends or family was having a stroke? Think fast. F. Face. Check their face. Has their mouth drooped? A. Arms. Can they lift both arms? 
S. Speech. Is their speech slurred or confused? T. Time. Don't wait. Call Triple O now. Think fast. Act fast. A message from the National Stroke Foundation. No business wants to throw money away. But did you know sending resources to landfill can be more expensive than recycling them? Planet Ark's free business recycling service can kickstart your workplace recycling journey, help you find the right recycling solutions and give you a competitive edge. Join the 1 million Australians using business recycling to keep valuable resources in circulation. Visit businessrecycling.com.au. It's just good business. A tough time doesn't excuse abusive behaviour at home. Even in crisis, there's no place for domestic or family violence. If you, your family or community is affected, help is available online and by phone 24-7. For free, confidential advice, support and counselling for everyone, contact 1-800-RESPECT. There's no place for domestic or family violence. Help is here. Authorised by the Australian Government, Canberra. Indeed it is the VFL Women's Match of the Day. It's the only match on. It's the preliminary final. A chance to go through to the big dance and meet Collingwood next week. Essendon and Geelong. Peter Holden, Katie Lambeski, Lauren Borden and Danielle Marshall with you here at uh, the famous Windy Hill. The last time it saw an AFL match here was in August of 1992. 29 years ago. Since then, Essendon obviously in the men's AFL level have had the home ground of the MCG before moving to Docklands. But it's still home to the VFL men's and the VFLW. It's time to start getting some tips on who will win today's game and by how much. Let's go around the panel. Katie Lambeski, I'll start with you. Who wins today and by how much? I'm going to say Geelong just by a kick. I think they're just, um, they're just at the point where they just have that form. They've been building up to this moment. They, I think they're just going to have a bit too much when all said and done at the end of the day. We do remind us that even though Essendon has the home ground advantage, courtesy of uh, playing in a major semi-final, that Essendon finished fifth for the year and Geelong finished second. Danielle Marshall, who wins today and by how much? Mm, I'm going to have to stick uh, with the previous mentioned Geelong. Um, just, yeah, the experience and the form that they've had throughout the season, having played against them twice and having very rough times both ways. Um, I just know the level of talent uh, that they have out there and I think they're going to be able to pull it home. Yeah, one or two kicks, I think. Lauren Borden, who wins today and by how much? I'm going to go a little bit of the upset, I think, and I'll go uh, the Bombers. I don't think it'll be a high-scoring game at all. We've seen from both sides that they tend to play in some low-scoring matches, so I think it'll be the Bombers by three points. I just got this weird feeling today, Essendon by 17 points. I think something says that for Press Parkers and Friswell and a few of the others that the pressure's now off. They don't have to worry about performing for for recruiters and all of that draft business because it's now done and dusted. You know what your future's going to be. You can just go out and play football and I think that makes them more dangerous today. Let's get underway with the first term of the preliminary final here on WARFradio.com. Here's Lauren Borden. So the preliminary final set to get underway at Windy Hill. No second chances after this match. Who can respond best from the two-week break? It'll be Geelong whose hands it falls into first. Shepard can't get the kick away. Coming in there to swipe in through was Anthony from the Bombers. And she'll just be taken to the ground as soon as she's got it, forcing the umpire to come in and ball the ball up again just outside the centre circle. 
So we'll have the throw up again going up uh, is Nelda and Fuller in the ruck running onto it there. It was Van de Heuvel. She couldn't pick it up. So Prasparkas comes in there, just drafted to Geelong going up against what will be her new club. In comes Nan Scorn for the Bombers. She gets it back again. So two possessions quite early for the skipper. She sends it down long, trying to find Hosking along half forward line for the Bombers. The Bombers kicking to the grandstand end of Windy Hill or the right-hand side of your radio dial. And it'll be on the other side of the ground along that half forward line where the ball's wrapped up players jump on top of it and the umpire will be forced in and ball it up. So we're about 52 metres out from goal. It's an attacking towards the Napier Street end. Ball is thrown back into play. It's punch close towards the boundary line. Press Parkers went in for it. Couldn't quite pick it up. Was waiting on the outside for the hand pass. Dan scored as well. Looking in there, Webster. It's taken out of the hands by Maloney. Had to move it backwards to go forwards through Johnson. Long bomb up the line. One, two bounces. Chasing after it was Georgia Clark. Ball's going back to almost the Essendon half-back flank here, half-forward flank for the Cats. Coming in to try and hold things up there was Nelda for the Bombers. Everyone's going to jump on the pill. We're going to call for a ball up. City side of the ground right on centre wing. Let's get some early thoughts from Katie Lambeski. Very much contested to start this game off. Very much a finals intensity to it. Not much space at all. No, Not much quarter at all given here by either side. It's another stoppage comes through here. So another stoppage on the outer side of the ground. Centre wing forced the umpire to come in again and throw it up. So some early stoppages here in the match. What you'd expect, though, from a preliminary final. So the ball will go down. Nalda hits it to the outer side of the ground. It's picked up by Nanscorn, but Nanscorn's tackled and she's called for incorrect disposal of the ball. So it's Geelong's chance now to go and press ahead and try and get their first forward 50 entry. The ball set down long and it goes into the hands of Clark, who gathers, gets off a hand pass. It's just kicked along the ground. It's rolling along the ground until Van der Heuvel can pick it up and send a hand pass forward. Goes into the hands of a teammate who fumbles and isn't able to pick it up cleanly. But this time it's in Webster. Webster with the pink, boot, pink boots is smothered. The Bombers might be able to gather it here, but instead the ball will stay a little bit in dispute. It's falling into the hands of both teams until it just stops on the outer side of the square. Spark is able to go in there and gather it, and she'll get it out to her captain in Nanskull. He just throws it on the boot and kicks it forward. It'll go enough of a distance to get into the centre of the ground. McIntosh can pick it up, but she's just stripped of the footy there uh, by Maloney. So Maloney for the Cats will get it across to her teammate in Fuller. Fuller just puts it on the boot and she'll find Vanderhubel. Vanderhubel, she can get it inside the 50 and that's where she was looking for Clark. And Clark is able to take that ball cleanly and now it's Geelong who will be able to have the first shot of the day in this preliminary final. So Clark, proven goal kicker. She kicked four in Geelong's win over the Southern Saints a couple of weeks ago to get to this point. So she'll be looking to give Geelong the advantage now here and put that first all-important score on the board in this preliminary final at Windy Hill. She puts it onto the right boot. It's looking good. It goes up and it'll be a goal and the Geelong players celebrate. They've got that early goal on the board and they'll take the lead here at Windy Hill. One goal straight, six. They're leading the Bombers, no yet to score. Let's get some early thoughts from match analyst Danielle Marshall. Yeah, definitely a contested ball today, but I think Geelong um, have decided to kind of put the ball in the boot a little bit more and gain some territory, which got them into the forward 50 uh, to get that goal. So I think uh, we'll see if their strategy continues with trying to get it up there. Clark bidding out Tamsin D. Crook in that uh, contest and a very tough angle, but the Cats with first blood. One straight six to no score with uh, 15 minutes remaining here in this first term at Windy Hill. 
Umpire throws the ball high in the air, and away we go again. Gillard going into the ruck for the Bombers. Nanscorn trying to get it to it first. Lost control, then got it back. Went with an awkward-looking hand pass, trying to find Spark. Spark lost control of the ball, taken away by Van der Heuvel. Van der Heuvel knocked out of their hands, has to go back in for a second crack at the football. Van der Heuvel goes to ground, has support immediately. Half a dozen going to jump on the pill. Is the umpire going to blow for holding the ball? No, he's going to allow the scrum to form. And now he says, uh, guess what? There's going to be a ball up out of this contest. We got it all in that 10 seconds ago. And it will throw it up in the air and we'll go again. Cat's ball. Randy Hugh will out originally to Garring. Going, just weaving through the traffic now. Johnson on the right boot, just dribbles it inside 50. Ball at the feet, 35 metres out from goal. It will squeeze out. Nanscorn was on the side, couldn't pick it up. Vandy Huber with a hurry kick around the corner. She's racking up possessions early, trying to find Karras. Brought down. In goes Nanscorn. Hurry kick. Short, no 15. Got to play on. Now McIntosh receives the handball. Goes sky high into the wind with the kick. It holds up, and it's going to be an easy mark here for the Cats and an opportunity for them to try and attack back inside 50. A low-flying ball into the hot spot, 30 metres out from goal. No one there except Nelda for the Bombers. She goes uh, heading for the boundary line. Doesn't quite find that uh, safety inside the 50-metre arc. Ball goes and hits the deck, jumping in there as well. Ashley Cooper and the umpire will ask for the football back. And, of course, a reminder for those that are following women's footy for the first time that the ball goes out of bounds between the two arcs. It is a free kick to the opposition, but if it goes out of bounds inside your forward 50, we throw it back in. So 14 minutes left to play in this first term. It's the Cats leading by one straight goal here at Windy Hill, coming in to grab that ball there. Though for the Bombers was Friswell. She can only get it as far as her opponent. It'll come into the hands of Shepard. Shepard couldn't gather, so it falls to ground, but still staying in the hands of Geelong. Gardner's got it now, and she'll send it just inside the forward 50, just with a short little hand pass, where the ball will be wrapped up along that half-forward line for the Bombers, with Nanscorn at the bottom of the pack, having been tackled there by Smith of Geelong. So the umpire will restart play and send the ball up. Nelda's able just to grab it out of the ruck and send a clearing ball, get it out of a little bit of danger. It's into the hands there of Digger, who again can't quite gather, but the ball gains some territory for the Bombers. Ball in some dispute. Again, it's on the ground there. It could be leading to a stoppage. It's able to spill out on the outer side of the ground. Players following it along. It's Friswell there, recently just drafted, and she's happy to see it over the line on the outer side of the ground. We'll have another throw in. Let's get some thoughts from Katie Lebeski. Definitely can tell the approach from Geelong here early, winning it at the source really well and getting it on their getting it on the boot, getting it forward and providing those opportunities to the likes of Georgia Clark. Have had the bombers measures so far. Really simple approach but very effective so far. And it's Nanscorn that takes the ball away for Essendon. She was being held, but managed to get a hurried little hand pass away to her teammate who quickly put it on the right boot, was going forward, trying to find Hosking, who threw her hands up the air to say I was being held. The umpire says I'm not buying into it, and the Cats will send it back towards their centre wing. Vandy Hoover pick it up again. Now going on the line looking for Gunjaka, who's juggling the football under pressure from Morecambe, and we'll see the ball go over the boundary line and out of bounds. One straight six Geelong, Essendon yet to score, and uh, we have a countdown clock here at Windy Hill, which says 12 minutes and 15 seconds to go in this first term. 
As we wait for the ball to come back into play, Geelong are having the breeze, the aid of the breeze towards the primary school end of the ground. That's left of your radio dial as the ball comes back into play. Trying to juggle it was Fuller. Had to go backwards with a teammate and kicked it inside 50. Awkward bouncing ball. Garin gets immediately caught by Tamsin D. Crook. Put into the ground. McIntosh watches on and will call for a ball up. Who would you award the quarter to so far, Danielle Marshall? Again, Geelong with this uh, breeze going to the left-hand side, but only the one goal on the scoreboard. Yeah, I think they, they've had a little bit more time in their forward half, but honestly, it's been between the 50s uh, for most of this quarter so far. So other than that goal, I'd, I, it, the contest is fairly even as far as effort and intensity. So it was Webster with an intercept straight through the middle of the ground. She streamed through, but her kick then went into the 50 and it went into an intercept mark. So the Bombers here who just stopped that run were able to stop another potential Geelong score. So the kick comes out of that defensive 50 into the hands of Barber. Barber's been busy early and she'll just send it along the outer side of the ground. She can't find the teammate she was looking for in Davies. So it'll be Geelong who are able to push forward again. It's into the hands of Webster. So Webster up and about early and getting plenty of possession of the ball. She just bombs it into the forward 50. Uh, and it looked to be effective with Gardner able to get her hands on the ball, but she can't do much with it because she's wrapped up in a tackle. And the umpire will be forced to come in here and break it up. So, 10 minutes still remaining in this first quarter of the preliminary final. Barber just tries to put it on the boot. Doesn't go very far when she takes it out of that stoppage. And wrapped up there is Webster. So we'll have yet another stoppage in Geelong's forward 50. We'll try and restart the play here. Up in the air it goes. Gillard did the ruck contest. Vandy Huvel roved it off the pack. It was a high, high ball. And away to the right-hand side will register as a minus score. Geelong 1-1-7. Essendon yet to score. Let's get some thoughts from Katie Lembeski. Outstanding quarter so far from Sophie Vanderwevel. Winning a lot of possession, playing on the wing, really being able to generate a lot of the attacking momentum for the Cats so far, and it's been working wonders. Oh, Kanjaka, strong grab in the contest with Gillard. Pickpocketed her, and now has the ball outside 50. Kanjaka goes long towards the hotspot. Clark was flying through the air, but the Canadian and Kendra Hyle is too good and read it best. So Hyle with the football, she finds herself... Uh, in the back pocket, city side of the ground, primary school end, goes up the line, guess who? Gunjaka steals it again, upgrade to the AFLW list just a couple of weeks ago, centres the ball perfectly, and taking a mark directly in front, 35 metres out from goal, is Laura Gardner, and she has the opportunity to extend the margin to 13 points. Such a well-rounded forward is Gunjaka, sets up play, sets up assist for her teammate, the kick will come in here. And Gardner's kick is away to the right-hand side. We'll come off hands anyway, minus score. Geelong 1-2-8, Essendon yet to score. And Danielle Marshall, Kanjaka's reading of the ball in the breeze. Absolutely. I think she's picked up on the fact that the wind is definitely blowing to that side of the field, and, and she's taken that position on a couple of those marks. So Heil tried for the broadcast side of the ground. She couldn't quite get it too far because Boyd was there to stop it in their tracks for Geelong. So the ball just sits alongside still on that half-forward line for the Cats with the umpire again forced to throw it up on the paintwork here on the broadcast side of the ground still. It's just been stuck in Geelong's forward half of the ground for this opening quarter. And they've got another chance here with Fuller being able to pull it out again. She can't get her foot onto the ball, but it's Webster can gather and send across a hand pass. It's teetering with the boundary line, and Pratt will be happy to see it over the line. With the last touch of the Bombers, was it? No. No, not quite. Tried to claim it Geelong, uh, tried to claim it Maloney, but the umpire will come in and ball it in. 
or throw it in rather. So still sitting along that half forward line for the Cats. The ball's thrown in and the ball gets hit towards the Bombers end of the ground, but it's able to be picked up here by the Cats. Crunching tackle there laid by Dicker and she'll be rewarded for that and she'll get the free sensational tackle to bring it down the Bombers way. And this is the first time that they really get close to their half forward line. It's trying to be picked up there by McDonald. She just fumbled it over the line though. So that advantage will mean that there'll be a throw in here just in front of the Bombers bench on uh, uh, Essendon's half forward line. So we wait for the ball to be thrown back into play. 52 and a half metres out from the Don's goal. Spinning back in. One and by Gillard. Press Parkers to the ball. Off the bounce on the right boot. Puts it into the hot spot. 15 metres out from goal. The ball was dropped there by Davies. He probably should have swallowed it but was under pressure. Chasing after the football there is Mariana Anthony. Close towards the boundary line. The ball does go over and out. Lasso rule because it was kicked by the Cats and it just went outside the 50. Means it's a Bombers free kick. Anthony with the football. Gets on the right boot. Sits it up in the breeze looking for Gillard and she takes a strong grab and she'll be having a shot on goal from 35 metres out 45 degree angle some thoughts from Katie Lambeski had the right idea there looked to go back into the centre took the kick quickly and found uh, Gillard there who took a fantastic mark very good counter here by the Bombers Gillard approaches to goal kicking towards the Napier Street end to try and bring it back to two points the difference the kick is away to the right Maddie Boyd there on the last line will just go over her fingertips but it's Essendon's first score with six and a half minutes remaining in the term they're one behind Geelong one two eight so the Bombers with their first score of this preliminary final as the ball comes back in oh nice mark there taken by Maloney she was at full stretch she took that and she'll try and get it out of the 50 which she does and she just pulls it in front of the scoreboard she's got Kunjaka chasing it she chases it and just manages to keep it in, but it'll be the Bombers who are able to pick it up and go forward. Looking there for McDonald, who tries to gather it along the half-forward line for the Bombers, but it'll just dribble its way over the boundary line, meaning it'll be a last-touch rule going into the hands of Geelong. So to take the ball here will be Leonard. So it's Leonard here who's shaping a lot up along the half-back line for her side. She looks like she's going to go long. She does try and put a bit of weight on the kick and it goes into the hot spot. Trying to get a mark there was Nelda though and she couldn't hang on to it. So the ball will just dribble its way towards the 50 for the Bombers. It's on the ground and around it was Shepard. But again, it'll just be pushed forward into that Bombers forward 50. Crunching tackle there laid by McDonald as she tries to keep it in the forward 50 for her side. And it will mean the umpire will come in and will ball it up inside that forward 50 for the Bombers with five minutes left to play in this first term. Yeah, Danny, that's going to be a headache for Geelong. After resting Nanscorn, they can rotate Press Parker through that uh, roving role. Uh. Yeah, they've, they've been going through um, rotations pretty quickly on the Essendon bench, just trying to keep their players fresh. So Georgia or Nanscorn has pretty much been... Um, been fresh out there, which is definitely going to be causing problems for Geelong. Gillard trying to do the ruck work here. Press Barker tries to keep it along the ground. Boy trying to clean up the mess here. Oh, pick bucketed! Chance for a Bombers goal. No, they go for the hand pass instead. They were looking for Davies at the top of the goal square. Boyd is trying to clean up the mess here. Currently put it on the left boot for the Cats. Still haven't gone outside their 50. Coming from out of nowhere is Anthony. Umpire says got rid of it. Fairly play on. And the ball is over the boundary line and out of bounds just inside the 50, which means we'll throw the ball back into play inside the Essendon forward arc. It is seven points the difference. One to eight Geelong, one behind Essendon. Four and a half minutes remaining. First term, preliminary final action. Bringing it down Gillard. Trying to get a hurry kick there is Courtney Eugle. 
Awkward ball inside 50. Trying to go for Spark. There's McDonald. McDonald on the left boot. Got crunched. She tried to kick it. Going out towards the pocket. Davies has got two to beat there. And she can't. Coming around is Kerrick for the Cats. Kerrick kicks it outside the 50 metre arc guard to try to run onto it here for Geelong. Had support coming with her at the same time in Johnson. Close towards the scoreboard. They managed to nudge it forward. Here comes Hugo to try and lay a tackle. Holds the ball up here on centre wing. The ball goes over and out in front of the scoreboard on the city side of the ground. Match analyst Katie Lembeski. Fantastic response from Essendon after that early pressure from Geelong. They've really started to win around the contest now. Really started to generate momentum forward. Just need to start converting that into some opportunities inside 50. So the throw-in is directly in front of the scoreboard where it's showing Geelong 1-2-8 leading the Bombers. Just the one behind. And the umpire will be forced to make that throw-in again and just come back in a little bit from the boundary. So he'll set himself up and ready himself again. Three and a half minutes left in this opening term of the preliminary final at Windy Hill. It's still the Cats leading the Bombers by seven points. So the ball will make its way through towards the half-forward line for the Bombers. It'll be picked up there by Eugle, who'll just send it forward. She'll find her teammate taking an absolute diving mark in Hosking. Took that ball on her knees and held onto it. And Hosking, she doesn't waste any time, but she's smothered by Smith. But Prasparkas is in there to lend a hand. She can get it to Nanspawn, who just throws it on the boot. She throws it high, and at the bottom of her kick there was Gillard. So the tall rocking Gillard, she can stand here and she can take a shot at goal. She's on 35 metres out. She'll have to kick from Gillard. She's 190 centimetres. She just takes no time, wastes no time in taking a run. It looks like it'll fall short and it will just fall four metres in front of the goal. So it'll be up to the Bombers to see if they can still manufacture something out of this. They've got plenty of pressure coming from their Geelong opponents jumping on the ball. And with that pressure, there will be a ball up just metres away from the Bombers' goals. So we'll throw the ball right up in the air. Gillard again goes in the contest. Nanscorn waiting on the outside. Tackle laid on here by Chloe Leonard in the long sleeves. The umpire asks for the football back. Two minutes remaining in this first term in the preliminary final here on WARFradio.com. Don't forget we're back next Sunday, August 8th from 12pm with the grand final. Collingwood versus the winner of this match. Gillard goes in again, lays a big tackle on the umpire. Says, guess what's going nowhere? Will clamp right at the top of the goal square. Napier Street, end of the ground. Umpire will take the football back and will throw it high in the air again. Gillard brought it to ground, trying to go in there. Maguire and the umpire again says as a stalemate will call for a ball up and get some quick thoughts from Katie Lembeski. All hands at the wheel here for Geelong. Everyone in the defensive 50 here just trying to see off this last minute as Essen try to manufacture an opportunity here. Oh, pickpocketed by Press Parkers! And she snaps it off the side of the boot and it's a one-point ball game. Geelong 117. Pardon me, Essendon 117. Geelong 128. Just over a minute remaining in the quarter. Boy, oh boy, Danny Marshall, just when we thought time was petering out, one action and the ball game changes. Absolutely, they did a good job of holding it in, in the forward line and then they were a little bit congested, but on that last one they just spread out a little bit, gave themselves some space and, and Georgie was able to get that snap off. So well done from Essendon to, to pull that out. So the ball was stuck there in that Essendon forward 50 for a long time and they were just able to make that breakthrough with a minute left on the clock, less than a minute left on the clock now as we go to restart play. Just 35 seconds for either side to try and put another score on the board. It's Gillard who can just push it out of the ruck into the hands of Nance Gorn. She heaves it forward and she's got a teammate running onto it who again can't quite gather. She might have taken her opponent uh, high in the process of trying to gather the ball and she did. So Dicker there for the Bombers just 
went to follow up the ball she missed and she took her opponent high. So it's the Cats now who can go. If they, they don't get very far though, because they're absolutely mobbed by the Bombers again on the other side of the ground. Dicker in and amongst it again to try and get the ball back for her side. The Bombers can get an inside 50 here. Entry by the hands of Yugle. Yugle can find her teammate who helps to play on. On the, half -time, on the quarter time, Siren Hosking opted to play on. So at quarter time of this preliminary final here at Windy Hill, it's the home side, the Bombers. One, one, uh, one goal, one, seven. They're just trailing Geelong one goal, two, eight. Danielle Marshall, we use the term professional free kicks and the like. So sometimes when you give away a free kick, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It was interesting for the Geelong player then on that halfback flank with about 15 seconds to go. The case of don't panic, don't let go of the ball, hold on to it. If you get pinned anyway, by the time the Essendon player gets the ball back, the siren goes, they're 60 metres out, there's no chance of a score. Yeah, absolutely a lot of match awareness necessary in some of those situations, knowing how much time is left on the clock. It's a pretty small clock, so hopefully they're also <laughs> getting communication from their teammates. But, uh, yeah, sometimes if, you know, you give away that free kick, but you know there's only four seconds left. And one thing as well, again, it's strange that we we look to the future and we talk about AFLW coming up for next season, but Tali Gillard was picked up by Melbourne in the draft. Um, Melbourne supports, just even from that first term, we've got to be excited by that. Not only is she rucking, the marks that she's hanging on to inside the Ford 50. Yeah, absolutely. It looked like she lost her other ruck there for a little bit. Olivia Fuller was out and she was on maybe the second ruck from Geelong and she was able yeah. to just sneak forward and take a couple marks up up top and, and that really can create a massive difference in a game when, you're, when your ruck's taking those marks inside forward 50. Katie Lambeski, at one point the difference, the question is who do we give that quarter to because it felt like at least for the first 12 minutes of the game that Geelong were in control here and you're a bit worried going, okay, if, if, if the Cats can kick three straight here, they could blow the game open early and make it incredibly difficult for Essendon. It felt like the momentum switched in the last five minutes and that lucky yell by Press Parkers, who we weren't really expecting much out of that last minute and a half, all of a sudden Essendon go, right, we've got that other end twice now. We're in this game. Absolutely, absolutely. And for that reason, I give the points to Essendon for that quarter. If it's you know, if you're scoring this like a boxing fight, yeah, it's that's that's an Essendon round. I mean, ultimately, they need to they need to continue that pressure. I think they started winning it more at the contest, and that's really what gave them the, the springboard to go forward and to create those opportunities. It's got to tell you what for Geelong, it's got to be a bit bittersweet with Press Parkers kicking that goal on them and just giving them yeah. a little bit of taste of what's to come. But also, could you save it for the AFLW rather than today? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, outstanding. She's been outstanding, and I think her and. Um, the rotation with Nance Gorn has been very hard for Geelong to tag and keep a track of, but they're going to have to adapt to that. And, um, yeah, I think now Essendon have the ability and that they'll be thinking, you know what, these, these next five minutes in the next quarter, if we get a quick couple goals, we're right in this and we can really blow this out. As we get ready to go to the quarter time break, uh, Lauren Borden, goal kickers at quarter time. So the first goal there going to Georgia Clark. She got the first goal on the board for Geelong and then coming in for the Bombers there was Prisparkas with just a minute and a half left on the clock. We'll take this opportunity to take a break. It is Geelong 128, Essendon 117. A tough time doesn't excuse abusive behaviour at home. Even in crisis, there's no place for domestic or family violence. If you, your family or community is affected, help is available online and by phone 24-7. For free, confidential advice, support and counselling for everyone, contact 1800RESPECT. There's no place for domestic or family violence. Help is here. Authorised by the Australian Government, Canberra. Draft Central is entering a new era. 
covering all the state leagues from the VFLW, Sample W, Waffle W and Quaffle W, as well as their primary focus, the NAB League Girls, Draft Central has you covered when it comes to all you need to know about the future stars of the AFL women's. Draft Central, brought to you by Rookie Me, is now on YouTube, so be sure to subscribe at Draft Central, as well as on our Facebook, Twitter and Instagram pages at Draft Central Oz. The Smith family have been helping disadvantaged Australian children for decades. Today we focus on helping children break the cycle of disadvantage by supporting them to get the most out of their education. But right now, one in six Australian children are living in poverty and don't have what they need for school. These kids need a hand up, not a handout. You can help them get the school essentials they need to fit in and the extra learning support to keep up. Please sponsor an Australian child today. Search The Smith Family. Hey, Gary, what time you call this? Yeah, the traffic was really bad. Oh, there's steve Go, Steve. Good morning. How was your weekend? Same old, same old. What'd you get up to? Not much. Are you OK, mate? Looking out for one another is something we all need to do. So if a mate's struggling, ask, are you OK? Listen, encourage action, and check in again soon. Those four steps could change their life. Find out more at areyouok.org.au. Even I could Hey guys, I'm Jess. And I'm Lisa from the Veronica's for Rad. Recording artists, actors and athletes against drink driving. What does it mean to be a designated driver? It means you're the friend who's agreed not to drink, not the person who's had the least to drink. It's cool to do and it shows you care about your friends. If you screw up just once, then your life changes forever. Face it, their lives are in your hands. So why don't you and your friends take it in turns to be the designated driver when you go out? You'll make the road safer for all of us. From Windy Hill, otherwise known as the Essendon Recreation Reserve, at the corner of Napier and Brewer Streets in Essendon, it is the VFL Women's Preliminary Final between Geelong and Essendon, and it is the Bombers trailing by one point. They're 117, Geelong a 128. We're not too far away from getting this second quarter underway. Remember, the winner takes on Collingwood on Sunday, August 8th at Northport Oval in the grand final. To get us underway, here is Lauren Borden. Just one point now separating these two sides as we head into the second term here of the preliminary final at Windy Hill, who will make their way into the grand final. Getting the ball out of the middle there was Webster. She couldn't do too much with it. Just gets enough to get across to her teammate Maloney, who's pulled to the ground. And then it'll make its way just into the centre circle again. It'll stick in that centre circle until the umpire's forced to come in. And we'll throw it up right in smack bang in the middle of the ground. So we'll throw it up again. Beautiful tap out there from Fuller. She can push it towards the goals for her side, but Nanscorn's able to stop it for the Bombers. So she just sends it out there, and she's got Spark out wide. Can't pick it up again. It's uh, intercepted now by Geelong. Geelong can get an inside 50 here, and the ball's just sent long to the other side of the ground. And they'll watch it go outside and go out over the boundary, but it means that Geelong will now have a throw-in in their forward 50 straight in front of the social club. Yep, Karras will uh, get the ball back in. That's the swimming centre here at Essendon. That used to be the site of the former Bowls Club. You look back on old vision of this ground, where it had grandstands all the way around to where that very car park is. <laughs> and that used to be the Bowls Club. As the ball is thrown back into play, 
and the ball short of both rucks there, including Fuller and Nelda. Presparkus goes to ground. No in the back. Play on. Getting the football here, Maloney. Maloney swings around on the right, tries to put it in a dangerous position. Had it momentarily and dropped it there. I think was uh, Clark. And the Bombers will take it away here by Ashley Cooper. Look in the Presparkus direction. Couldn't hang onto it. Going in there is Ruby Spark. Put it into the ground. Find Amelia. Yes, sir. I can boogie. And she gets the hand pass out. Stolen by Gunjaka. Gunjaka trying to get a hurried hand pass to a teammate. It was immediately wrapped up by Aloise Ashley Cooper. And will call for a ball up between centre and centre half forward for the Cats. The umpire's going to restart play here very quickly. Fuller wins the tap down. Nanscorn had it. Got dragged to ground but got the hand pass away. Marion Anthony finds herself in a scrap. Gunjaka comes in as the third player. And the umpire says, I'll reset the play. And we'll get some thoughts from Katie Lembeski. Yeah, fantastic contest to start these um, these opening few minutes here. Just both sides coming out red hot as Geelong look to push their advantage here. So no team able to score yet in the second quarter. It's still Geelong 1-2-8, leading the Bombers 1-1-7 as the Bombers start to push forward here. They've got it in the centre of the ground. It's getting close to the boundary line, but there's able to be a clean pickup there coming from Spark. She tries to get the hand pass there across to Anthony, but Anthony can't keep it in. So we'll have a throw in in front of the Geelong uh, bench. So the umpire will come in to throw it in. 17 and a half minutes gone in this term. The ball will come in here and the two rucks will go at it. This goes over the top of Fuller and Nelda's head and it'll have to go out the back. Presparks has got some legs on her and she tries to pick it up, but she's beaten to the ball by Gardner, who ends up overrunning it as well. So the ball will filter along the bottom of the ground. It could be pulled in and it could be wrapped up here. And it will be wrapped up and the umpire will come in and we'll have another throw up in the centre square of the ground. Let's try and see if we can break things up here as the ball is thrown up in the air. One out by Nelda versus Fuller in the contest. Ball went to open space, picked up by Dicker, got claimed immediately, went with a hand pass. In goes Yasser, can't quite pick up the football. Cats ball momentarily, stolen by Nelda, who got pickpocketed herself. The hurry kick by the Cats in towards the middle of the ground. Ball is bouncing towards their half-board flank. Got away from McIntosh of Essen and also going in there is Crook, who can't pick it up. Got it across the hole. Umpire said it's throwing the football and it's a free kick going the way of Claudia Gunjaka. So Gunjaka was a 2019 Moston medalist with the UTS Bats in AFL Sydney. Elects to play on quickly from 52 metres out. A little bit too cute with the kick. It fell short of the intended target. Presparkis gives off the hand pass to Heil. Heil has a player breaking for her out in the wing position. Standing tall and taking the mark there is Jesse Davies. Davies got to go. Goes on the right boot. Close towards the boundary line with her kick. Numbers favouring the Cats. Hands put up there. Close towards the boundary line. Doesn't go out. Yes, boundary umpire. Very late on the whistle. It's coming through as Alana Barber and we'll call for a ball in and we'll get some thoughts from women's division to Paul Ruse medalist at the USAFL Nationals, Danielle Marshall. Yeah, just really contested this this quarter so far, pretty much between the two 50 arcs. We haven't really seen anyone get deep in their forward 50, so we'll see who, who can break that first. So it's Kunjaka who can break away with the ball here and she'll send a long ball inside to forward 50. There's just a couple of plays and a bit of a foot race here as all the rest of the players start flooding into the forward 50. Beautiful tackle there being laid by Lennox. Was it in the back of her opponent? Not quite. The umpire will come in and throw it up. So it'll stay in that forward 50 for the Cats. Lennox just able to hold things up for the Bombers here. Fuller able to get a little bit of a tap out there. She'll get it to ground, but Heil from the Bombers can pick it up. She's tackled by Vandy Hubel the moment she gets the ball. And so the umpire again will be forced to come in and throw the ball up in exactly the same place. So 15 minutes left in this second term. Still Geelong leading by a point as they look to add to that. Vandy Hubel couldn't pick it up off the ground. 
So chasing after the ball there will be Heil. She couldn't hang on to it. A snap there comes from Clark. And Clark snaps truly. So Clark with her second goal for today. She brings Geelong's second goal as well and pushes out the lead for the Cats now into seven points. What did you make of that, Katie? Took the opportunity to perfection, didn't she? Really put the pressure on there. Really was stronger in the contest. Just has been outstanding, I think, so far. Georgia Clark has just been able to present a great target up forward. Um, really leading well and can pr produce those sort of X-factor moments like she just did there. Outstanding. Outstanding work. So the umpire with the ball back in the middle of the ground. It is a seven-point lead to Geelong. 2-2, 14 117 Just over 14 minutes remaining in this second term here at Windy Hill. We should mention some of the Collingwood coaching staff are here. No doubt as dedicated officials, uh, according to the COVID rules, be able to watch on to see who would be their opponent next week. Umpire says holding the football, being paid on this occasion against Webster. And Georgie Presparkas will take the resulting free kick for the Bombers today anyway. As Presparkas goes for a run, got space to work with, gets on the right boot, goes towards the half-forward flank on the city side of the ground. Awkward bouncing ball there. Trying to get onto the end of it as Barber, who read the bounce best, gave it across to Dicker. Dicker wide, wide, wide. Bang into the Amart fence. And it is out of bounds on the full. Will be a free kick for the Cats and a chance to relieve the pressure. Back there is Matty Boyd, which she recruited out of the North Geelong Magpies, the old VWFL. Her kick, though, intercepted by Barber, who took it off the bounce and uh, have another crack and do the same thing again. Out of bounds on the full, which was trying to find Mia Ray Clifford. And again, the resulting free kick ends up with Matty Boyd. So Boyd's just made a few steps forward on the boundary line where she'll take this kick from her previous one. She opts to go long. See how far she can get it. She can get it to the outer side of the ground. And she can't get it to a teammate, though, because it'll go out of bounds. She just kept that kick a little bit too close to the boundary line, but at least it wasn't out of bounds on the full. So we'll have a throw in right in front of the bowls club. So the ball will go up. Fuller can just push it down, but it's Nelda who can pick it up. Uh, Nanscorn who can pick it up and get it across to Prasparkas. Prasparkas sends the ball inside, a full, inside the forward 50. It's a forward 50 entry but it's mopped up there by Johnson. So a nice intercept mark there from Johnson. She kicks to uh, centre-half forward and the ball will just be into dispute there. Here, none of her teammates able to pick it up cleanly until it comes into the hands of Gardner. Gardner can send across a nice little hand pass across to Woollett. Woollett opts to go the other side and she opts with a kick. She's able to find her teammate. So Fuller sends a nice kick forward, goes just swiping the fingertips of her teammates allows the Bombers now with a bit of a chance. It's Nanscorn there, of course, who can get a quick little chip kick away, but it's cleaned up by Gardner of the Cats. Gardner will send it forward, and she spots her teammate in Maguire. Good spotting there. And Maguire is able to take the ball now in the centre of the ground, and she'll pop it into the 50 for the Cats, but it's just taken there with an intercept by Morecambe, who had no trouble intercepting that ball coming forward her. She just sent, it, sent the ball into some space. Boyd was there in the centre of the ground to mop it up. And she'll send the ball forward now and see what the Cats can do with it. Sitting alongside the half-forward line for the Cats. The ball goes into the hands of Smith. Smith puts it forward. She's able to find Tierney. Tierney holds on to it, but Tierney's wrapped up. And the umpire will be forced to come in and throw the ball up. 11 and a half minutes left in this second term. It's Geelong 2-2-14, leading the Bombers 1-1-7.
And we throw the ball up in the air again. It is Gillard doing the ruck work here for Essendon. Taken away by Vandy Hubel. Had to try and get away from the tag there. Press Parkers dribbles the ball inside 50. Ball on the deck. Morgan trying to come through. Dispossessed of the football. Press Parkers went again. Got across to Nanscorn. Got the hurry kick away before being claimed. There's the one back here for Geelong who almost mopped it up there. That was Johnson. Got harassed off the football though. A chance for the Bombers if they can get it out the back here. A long high kick heading in the Jesse Davies direction. She's got the one-on-one. Got a bit of a nudge underneath it. The umpire says, yep, that's in the back every day of the week. And that will be a free kick going the way of Davies, who literally races back to her mark. She is 60 metres out from home. Gets on the right boot. Spears it inside 50. Had the intended target there. Was just knocked away from her hands. The intended target was Barber. Ball is close towards the boundary line. Everyone wants to try and jump on top of the football. Marion Anthony's in there. And the umpire says it's going nowhere. And we'll ask for the football back. 45 metres out from the Bombers goal. We'll get some thoughts from match analyst in Danielle Marshall. Yep. Uh, I think Essendon's got a little panicked with that goal from Geelong. I've seen a couple of the older players telling telling the young ones to settle down a little bit um, and make some better decisions. So we'll see if they can uh, rein it back in and 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 make some, uh, you know. Smarter decisions. Smarter decisions. Yeah. There you go. There's the words. <laughs> <laughs> As we wait for the ball to be thrown back into play, about 40 metres out from the Essendon goal, heading towards the primary school end or left of your radio dial. Gillard brought it down, taken away there by the Cats. Once again, Vander Heuvel is going to get leather poisoning today, the amount of football that she's been getting. Putting her head over the football there was Tierney for the Cats, who tried to hold it up, but it was taken away by Nanskill to put it straight down the throat of Marion Anthony. Anthony has the football. She's around about uh, 80 metres out from home. We'll pop it high along inside 50. Awkward bouncing football that bounced at its point. Went back again. Barber being harassed, harassed, harassed by Beckley. Manages to keep the ball alive for the Bombers. Close towards the boundary line. Was kicked along by a Geelong opponent. Nanscorn was shepherding over the top of the ball. Went through the legs there of Nanscorn like it was Tunnable. And it finally went over the boundary line and out of bounds. We'll call for a throw in near centre wing and get some thoughts from Katie Lembeski. Just looking a bit too... too just to that dead pocket. Just that dead space in the wing yesterday. And I think too much. It just been stuck there. They just need to open up a little bit of play a bit more. Uh, Anthony and Barber have been fantastic in terms of the way they're competing, but they just need to make those smarter decisions going forward. So play restarts and Webster, she was looking for Shepard. Shepard tripped over before she could get to the ball, so it's the Bombers now who can go forward. What can they do with this? Friswell's around there, but the mark is taken there by Kerrick. So this time it'll be Geelong now. Kerrick just battles it out of her defensive 50 just to get it as far away from possible. It's on the outer side of the ground sitting in front of the bowls club again. Nanscorn's on the ground. She could push it away. The ball again ops and goes towards the Bombers forward 50 but it'll just be taken out over the boundary line. Friswell there for the Bombers will be happily see it over the line. We'll have another throw in with eight minutes left on the clock in this second term. Still Geelong leading the Bombers here by seven. So the ball's thrown back into play. Fuller able to get it out. She sends off a quick hand pass to Gunjaka who flicks it off herself and the ball will start now going towards uh, Geelong's forward 50 in amongst there was Clark. Clark couldn't pick it up though so the ball's on the ground. Still in the hands of Geelong and it's Clark who's able to gather and just send a high ball and see what she can make of it. Not much there because it's Svark who's able to come in there for the Bombers and pull it in. And the ball will just stop in its tracks and players will jump on top of it and we'll have another throw up 40 metres out from Geelong's goal dead in front. Geelong 2-2-14, Essendon 1-1-7, seven and a half minutes remaining second term here at Windy Hill in the preliminary final. 
We're inside the Ford 50 here for the Cats, attacking towards the railway and Red Best off the contest there by Lennox. And Lennox kicking towards the middle of the ground and the Bombers are away here. Yes, and now put it on the boot. Now has an open paddock here for Barber to work with if it will sit for her. The ball bounces awkwardly. Barber tries to go for a run a bit of the angle. Sells the candy off the side of the boot. How's that goal from Barber? And I'd say the crowd goes, well, there's none here, but they're excited on the bench anyway. Katie Lambeski, the ball set up awkwardly. We thought, oh no, turn of event, she's going to get crunch. Sold the candy, got around one point ball game. Yeah, just was able to centre herself there, just to just get herself back on goal. Outstanding finish, just was able to bend the ball back, bring it back on goal. You could see what it meant there to the players on the bench there. This is giving Essendon a massive chance here. They needed that to steady, they needed that to bring it back a little bit of momentum after a bit of a, a rough start to this quarter. Massive goal, a massive moment in this game. And Danielle, as you were talking about earlier on that occasion, not panicking. Yeah, absolutely. They realised there was someone open ahead of them and just made sure the ball got there and then Barbara keeping her cool and, and being able to slot the finish. So, well done. Six minutes left in this second term and the Bombers are able to pull it back to one point and now they'll go again. Nalda was able to put it on the boot but it couldn't go too far before it's picked up by Maloney of the Cats and it's sent out to Webster. Webster puts it on the boot but it goes over the head of her teammate in Smith so it could be the Bombers here who are able to wrap it up and see what they can do with it. Digger could get her hands to it and sends out a hand pass. The ball doesn't go too far before Pratt can get it. Pratt to Vanderheuvel. Vanderheuvel gets it back to Pratt. Pratt can't hold on though and Nanscorn's there to mop up for the Bombers and she just puts it on on the boot and senders it wide. The bounce doesn't favour Shepard though of the Cats but she can still gather it and she'll get it across to her teammate in Leonard. They're going backwards now, the Cats in order to go forwards. Stretching there for the mark was Woolen. Woolen couldn't take it and this could put her side in a bit of a trouble here. Looks like she might have got her opposition player in the back. The umpire will let it go and they've done well there. Probably Geelong to settle for a stoppage. McDonald there being held up. The Essendon footballer, 48 metres out from the Bombers' goal in towards the primary school end of the ground. Now it does the ruck work. Cat's going to have the ball here. Oh, here comes Press Barkas, who put her into the ground, though. Finds Yasser. Yasser tries to go with a hurried hand pass to her teammate. Couldn't get there. Yasser will have to go in and lay another tackle. Vander Uber quickly on the right boot. Now goes sky high with the kick, getting underneath it there. It was Tinny couldn't hang on to it, looking for Kinjaka coming in board. Missed it. Here comes Heil, almost took a player out on the way through. In comes Morecambe as well for Essendon. Gunjaka jumps in there for the Cats and the umpire will ask for the football back. We're between centre wing and the half forward flank for the Bombers going to the left of your radio dial. Round four and a half minutes remaining in this second term. One point lead to the Cats. Hugo without it. Gunjaka hand pass. In comes Press Park. It's like a heat seeking missile. Brought a player to ground. In goes Hall for the Dons as well. All locked up and we'll call for a ball up and get some thoughts from Katie Lembeski. Yeah, outstanding response here from the Bombers. Still, we're still trying to push forward really aggressive in the contest and really winning it well there. So just need to keep it up for these last few minutes. So the Bombers trailing by just one point with four minutes to go as the Cats go in tide. They're attacking 50. There's plenty of free space, but running onto it there will be Lennox of the Bombers. And she'll make use of that space to put the ball on her left boot and get it as far as possible. The ball just falls into Eugle's hands on that half-back line for the Bombers and she's able to hold on. But the free kick, though, will be paid to Morecambe. So Morecambe's got players calling for it in front of her bench. And they'll, she'll spot Dicker and Dicker's able to hold on to that chest mark. So Dicker will take it and she'll play on and she'll go for a bit of a run. She can spot her teammate running straight in front of her in McDonald. McDonald plays on two. Her kick doesn't go very far, but she might benefit by finding Zvark. 
Sparks forced to tackle her opponent because she couldn't get to the ball first, and then it'll be a clearing kick there from Woolett. So along the halfback line, Woolett just sent it as far forward as she could. It's on the outer side of the ground that's picked up by Spark of the Bomber. So Spark then just puts it on the boot and tries to see how far she can get it. She can get it to McDonald. McDonald then goes with a short little chip kick. It bounces uh, before it can get to her teammate, so her teammate doesn't get paid the mark. And it could be Geelong able now to take it out and spinning their way out of trouble was Gardner. She spins her way out. She's looking for Gunjaka. Gunjaka doesn't get the free kick for being held on the back in the back. But again, Geelong's able to go forward here. They haven't got much ahead of them though, and it'll be up to Pratt to make up a little bit of space here and run onto the ball, but it'll be the boundary line that beats them and it'll be a Bombers free. No, it should be a Cats ball actually because it, it tipped the boot there of Eloise Ashley Cooper. She was chasing after it. She thought about shepherding it and then it tipped the front of her boot and went over the boundary line. It should actually be... Well, they're going to give it to um, Essendon, but I thought... But mind you, we're furthest on the ground. It would actually be a Geelong ball. So the ball goes forward there for the Bombers. It'll teeter along in front of that Bowls Club yet again. Very close to the boundary line as players jump on top of it. It's whether a stoppage or the boundary line might beat them here. And it'll be the boundary line that wins out. So a Lasso free kick means it'll stay in the hands of the Red and Black. And the Bombers will have an opportunity now to go forward. Just a short little chip kick looking for Yugle. She couldn't hang on to it. So it could be ping pong back the other way. Running onto it is Ashley Cooper. She's got a chance here for the Bombers to pick it up and gather. And it is the Bombers who gather the ball, but it's out on the full. And appealing for a free was Gardner, and it will go into the hands of Geelong, and it might be into the hands of Kerrick. Yep. And she'll go short for the kick, the veteran Kerrick. Gets spalling from behind is high. We'll see the ball go over the boundary line and out of bounds in front of the Bowls Club. We'll throw the ball back into play. And we'll get some thoughts as well from match analyst Danielle Marshall. Yeah, Hale actually has done a few really good things. That spoiler right there. And she's had a couple shepherds off the ball that have just given her teammates um, some space to move. So really liking her intensity and smarts right now. Trying to come through there. Maloney for the catch. Dispossessed of the ball by Yasser. Umpire says holding the football. And Yasser was going to take the advantage, and the umpire said, no, you better come back and do it all over again. So Yasser with a free kick. Minute to go here in this second term. Alex to go up the line with the ball to its centre forward. Mia Ray Clifford takes the mark. Meister is questioning from behind that she might have had a hand in there, and the umpire didn't see it. And Clifford now go for the hot spot. 25 metres out from goal. Boyd went with the early jump. Got out the back to Barber. Barber with a quick hurry snap. It's away to the left. And it's all locked up here. 2-2, 14 apiece with 30 seconds remaining in the half. So Barber couldn't repeat her magic there. And it'll just be a behind for the Bombers. Just 30 seconds left. It'll be Geelong just wanting to get it out of their danger zone now. Bit of concern here for Geelong. Georgia Clark going down into the rooms just before halftime, carrying a bit of an injury. We'll keep an eye on that one. That could be a huge loss if it is anything major. Obviously having kicked two goals today already and a proven goal kicker for the Cats. So the Cats hold the ball on the outer side of the ground. And they'll go towards it. Looks to be an intercept there trying to be taken by Lennox. She couldn't hold on to it and there'll be no further score in this second term. So at half time, the scores are locked. 2-2-14 for each of Essendon and Geelong. Could not be closer at half time of this preliminary final as we look to see who will play Collingwood next week. Danielle Marshall, that is the interesting question with Clark going off the ground. Now, it could be just a case of they've looked at the clock with 30 seconds to go and go, oh, look, we'll just get some treatment on that early and then you're right to go for the second half. But 
if she does not come out for the second half, not only she kicked two goals, but how much is one rotation down going to affect the outcome of this game? Yeah, I mean, with a couple of weeks off and, and legs maybe not what they were, it could definitely potentially play a decent role. And then obviously with that one marking target down, as we've talked about, Essendon doesn't have the tallest back line. So to not have that extra one to worry about might give them a bit of confidence being able to transition and move forward. It's it, sometimes there's a case in football that if you're not really seen anywhere near the ball, you're actually doing a good job. And it's more, we say that, of defenders. And with Meissner, we haven't seen her because she's been watching Mia Ray Clifford. And until that last mark a minute ago, that's Essendon's number one forward. We have not really seen Mia Ray Clifford do anything in this half. No, had a bit, yeah, she had a bit of a difficult time of it, hasn't she? Hasn't had much of the supply, though. But I think also Alana Barber's just been that more mobile and has just been able to work into those spaces that Clifford just hasn't been. So I think it's a combination of a few things. So I think just that supply is just not quite there. Mice is reading her really well. Um, and, of course, but it's also left those opportunities for others to build off that as well. So, yeah, it makes it a bit more unpredictable going forward. But, yeah, a bit of a challenge, I think, for Clifford in that half. At the moment, as we said, Sophie van der Heuvel leather poisoning in this first half. She's been getting a heck a lot of the football. But as we always say in footy, you've only got so much petrol tickets in the tank. She's going to need some help. The question is, who out of the Geelong midfield needs to put the hand up to uh, help her out and try and break Essendon? Yeah, it's it has to, it's going to have to be a team effort. I think you, you're right. Sophie Wanderwevel has been really good at getting on the outside, really doing well there. But I think, I mean, we need more. To, I think they need more competitors. I think maybe maybe Madeline Carrick, maybe throw her into the middle for a little bit of a run there, try to ease some of that pressure. She's been really vital across half back to us. I don't know if you want to really cost that, but yeah, I think all hands that need to be at the wheel here to ensure that you know you can bring this over the line. And at the moment, we've been talking about that Essendon combination of, uh, of Nanscorn and Press Parkers, and that is winning a heck of a lot of ball out of them out of the middle. Uh, I'd be interested to see, and we could probably at halftime have a quick sneaky peek at uh, champion data of what the clearances are looking like for the Bombers. And it is. You've seen Nanscorn get it or Press Parkers, and it's quite interesting seeing them have that rotation where one's coming off and then one going to the bench, keeping them fresh. Uh, in other games, we've probably seen them combining with each other quite a fair bit, whereas now it's kind of a lot more of one or the other in there. But it's doing the same job, and you just see that kick from Nan Scorn. She just gets the ball, and she's been just heaving it onto the boot and seeing where it can go. And it's just been gaining a little bit of ground for the Bombers and giving them a little bit of space to jump onto it and make something out of it. We've been talking about what it's been like for the players, but how tense is it for both coaches at this moment? You go into half-time, you are dead even, and you know at some stage you're going to have to make... And, and Brendan Major talked about it. He says, I only make about 10 critical decisions a year. That time is now coming for both him and for Andrew Bruce. Both of them each have to make their critical decision. It's perfectly even, so that decision will either win the game or lose the game. It's as simple as that. Yeah, exactly. They've been, I think, almost powerless in a way, the coaches. They can do plans so much and they can have everything like everything sort of planned to a T, but at the end of the day, they've it has to be up to the players to execute that. I think that, that both teams are looking solid. Both teams are really competing well. It's just a matter of who, what move, perhaps, you know, that you look at halftime that you might want to change. It's lots of questions at the break and uh, not too much left, to, left in that to go as well. I guess, Danielle, the, the, the question is for both teams in the room at the moment as the senior leaders of each team will start walking around and, and talking to everyone of how to try to find that balance of 
making sure we do the critical things right, but not trying to have everyone so tightly wound up that they make the nervous mistake. Yeah, I think hopefully they can just give them a little bit of confidence, be like, hey, we weathered the storm, we were down, we came back, and that gives them a little confidence going into the second half. Okay, we, we, we weathered it, we know what's coming, and now we can kind of maybe get to play our game a little bit more at the start of a quarter instead of waiting through halfway to kind of kind of make their move. So hopefully the that can be the confidence booster, not, not a worried not yeah. a worried mindset, but kind of like, a, okay, we've got this. We can keep moving forward and roll with it. We'll take this opportunity to take a break at half time. We're dead level. Essendon and Geelong, 2-2-14 apiece. Back after this. Draft Central is entering a new era, covering all the state leagues from the VFLW, Sample W, Waffle W and Quaffle W, as well as their primary focus, the NAB League Girls, Draft Central has you covered when it comes to all you need to know about the future stars of the AFL Women's. Draft Central, brought to you by Rookie Me, is now on YouTube, so be sure to subscribe at Draft Central, as well as on our Facebook, Twitter and Instagram pages at Draft Central Oz. I was lucky that when I picked up the phone that day, to call my best friend that he answered. Despite almost every Australian knowing someone who has been affected by suicide, we still don't talk about it. Lifeline Australia's new podcast, Holding On To Hope, shares stories of survivors and the connections made to find the hope to keep living. Because when we talk about suicide, we realise our capacity to support those around us. Holding On To Hope. Lifeline.org.au forward slash podcast. Been playing for a while. Sweet kicks Cause footy makes you smile Sweet kicks football If you're getting ready for the trials Gotta go the extra mile Sweet kicks football Not always hearing that sweet sound when you kick the ball? Need to develop your footwork or explosive speed? Want to take the next step in your footy career? Then you need Sweet Kicks. More info on our Facebook page or go to our website, sweetkicksfootballacademy.com.au. Gotta go the extra mile. Sweet Kicks Football. There's jumpers, hoodies and tees for you at leaguetees.com.au Leaguetees.com.au is your place for retro footy gear with designs created by local artists that you won't find anywhere else. Plus their unique range of women's footy tees help raise funds for Indigenous literacy programs. Get online and start shopping today. Leaguetees.com.au We are the Australian Literacy and Numeracy Foundation, striving to empower our most marginalised communities through literacy and education. Literacy is having a voice. Literacy is opportunity. Literacy is dreaming big. Literacy is freedom. Today, you can help end inequality and give every child access to our life-changing and proven literacy programs. Your support is vital. Donate now at alnf.org. <laughs> They're my grandkids. Gee, they can make some noise. But you know what? It's a beautiful sound because they're alive and having fun. The sound I hate is silence in the pool. When a child drowns, you hear nothing. No splashing, no cries for help. 
Be vigilant around water. Fence the pool, shut the gate. I teach your kids to swim, it's great. Supervise, watch your mate, and learn how to resuscitate. I'm Laurie Lawrence. Kids alive, do the five. There are plenty of classic hits radio stations, but this is where GoRadio.Live is different. We unashamedly select the best music from our chosen era. We develop programs that provide the music with minimal interruption. For many hours of the day, you won't hear any announcers, just great music and the occasional station ID. We let the music play through until the end, no crossfades and no announcers talking over the start and end of tracks. We think you're going to love GoRadio.Live, radio as it should be. Check it out at www.goradio.live or download the free app from Google Play or the App Store. The Smith family have been helping disadvantaged Australian children for decades. Today we focus on helping children break the cycle of disadvantage by supporting them to get the most out of their education. But right now, one in six Australian children are living in poverty and don't have what they need for school. These kids need a hand up, not a handout. You can help them get the school essentials they need to fit in and the extra learning support to keep up. Please sponsor an Australian child today. Search The Smith Family. Hi, this is Missy Higgins for RAD, recording artists, actors and athletes against drink driving. I see a lot of things at gigs, mostly people having a good time and a few drinks. But what I'd hate to see is someone getting behind the wheel after they'd been drinking. Being even a little bit over the limit makes it too easy to lose control. So if you plan to drink, plan ahead. Arrange a designated driver who won't drink. Remember, music lives and you should too. Hi, Kirk Pengilly from InXS here. And whether it's music, sweet things, puppies, movies, we all love our treats. But our eyes need treating too. 300,000 Australians, including me, are affected by glaucoma. Diagnosed early, glaucoma can be managed. Left undiagnosed, it can cause blindness. So treat yourself by treating your eyes to a simple test. Book your test at treatyoureyes.org.au today. It's Anna Mears winning gold. Hey, I'm Anna Mears. Winning gold at the Olympics was an incredible feeling. And having my biggest rival, who I'd just beaten, ride up next to me and lift my hand in victory topped off an amazing moment. We'd had our fair share of clashes over the years, but in the end, we both respected each other, and that's what really counts in sport. Be gracious in victory and in defeat. To keep your sport inclusive, safe and fair, go to playbytherules.net.au. A tough time doesn't excuse abusive behaviour at home. Even in crisis, there's no place for domestic or family violence. If you, your family or community is affected, help is available online and by phone 24-7. For free, confidential advice, support and counselling for everyone, contact 1-800-RESPECT. There's no place for domestic or family violence. Help is here. Authorised by the Australian Government, Canberra. How often should you wash your hands? Maybe around nine times a day. Four? Like 20? Maybe twice a day, whenever they feel dirty. When should you wash your hands? After you touch some raw meat. And before starting to eat. At the beginning, I wash my hands before preparing food. How would you rate your knowledge of food safety? Probably like an eight out of 10. Six or seven. 7.5? Learn more at foodsafety.asn.au slash food safety training. Food safety, it's in your hands. It's
the VFLW preliminary final from Windy Hill in Essendon, where at half time it's 2 2, 14 apiece. That means it's dead even as we come out for the second half. Peter Holton, Katie Lembeski, Lauren Borden, and Danielle Marshall with you for this clash where the winner will go through and play Collingwood. For the loser, they'll be finding their way to the nearest pub. Geelong now come out onto the ground. And, and may we say, both Lauren and Danielle, just how strange it is. This is a preliminary final. This is a spot in the grand final. But due to COVID and no crowd, almost silence as Geelong go charging out of their rooms. It's, it's, it's a surreal atmosphere. It is a little bit odd when you've seen a few goals scored and it's just up to the Geelong players to, you know, absolutely get up and about, or the Essendon players to go wild, um, to provide a little bit of that atmosphere here today. So, a little bit of a strange one, but I guess it's the players that have just got to re uh, get themselves up for the game and be raring to go themselves. Now, officially here at Essendon, there is no crowd, but uh, I believe there is a uh, cough, cough, private function in the president's room that happens to overlook the ground with uh, possibly, is it Collingwood players behind there? I can't tell behind the dark and glass. Yes, it, oh no, there's an Essendon official. So uh, yeah, some interested onlookers who are just happen to be at a private function that happens to be overlooking the ground. Oh, it's... Um it's a nice day for a private function. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> at probably function rooms at Windy Hill that haven't been used in 35 years, but uh, why not? If you can work it somehow, and I think go for it. Hey, or the car park, which overlooks the ground, where you know just, you could be just walking the dog. You park you in the car for two hours. <laughs> exactly. Or as we called him when we called uh, Geelong and uh, Pummy, when we called Collingwood and the Western Bulldogs that game, uh, we said they're not supporters, they're officials, they're player encouragement officers. Mm. <laughs> encouragement officers, yes, absolutely. Exercising voices. Both sides out on the ground at the moment. I know it's hard to look for that subtly, Danielle Marshall, but when both sides come out, can you just can you just get a sense or a read on either side on who who kind of looks like that they're a little bit more settled, maybe mentally have that just slither of an edge? Oh, man, that's, that's a hard one to call. Some teams react differently. Some teams, you know, get up and about. Some teams are a little bit more focused. So, um, you know, Essendon's still in the huddle while Geelong's all the way out. I tend to like to stay in the huddle longer. So we'll, we'll you know, we'll see what happens and, and which way kind of ends up being the, the steadying factor. I remember, because if teams come out late, by the way, from their rooms, um, the old school rule used to be just throw the ball up and, and game up. But the reality is if they come out late, you get fined for coming out late. I do remember... I remember one semi-final between Diamond Creek and Darabin, how I think Darabin could sense Diamond Creek were edgy. So what happened at um, half-time is Diamond Creek came out on time. Darabin deliberately came out a minute and a half to two minutes later. So Diamond Creek were all standing around in position. And then when Diamond and Darabin came out, they proceeded to do the stretches and warm-ups for another minute to keep Diamond Creek waiting even longer. <laughs> you got to love those mind games. To get underway for the second half here at Windy Hill, here's Lauren Borden. So the second half of this preliminary final all set to get underway. 2-2-14 apiece here. Which side can now make it through to the grand final? It's Geelong that's been able to kick the first goal of e each quarter so far as the ball still sits in the middle here chasing after it for the Bombers was Yassir. She's able to pull her opponent down. She might have pulled her opponent down without the footy and it will be a free kick there for Geelong going the way of their ruck in Fuller. So Fuller will be able to take the kick. A little bit of a mismatch to the, here with Yassir on the mark, but Fuller just puts it. Nice flat ball there 
towards the half-forward line. Smith is able to get a hand pass across the ball. Will bounce in front of Gunjaka. She can run onto it and she can put it on the boot early on in this term. It'll bounce. It'll bounce. It'll bounce back. And it'll be run over the line. So just behind here, though, we'll put Geelong in front. So 2-3-15. It's now the Cats that are just ahead of the Bombers by 1.22-14. A minute of this term gone. As we wait for Cecilia McIntosh to run the ball out of fullback. McIntosh goes on the right boot, goes towards the city side of the ground. Guess who? Claudia Gunjaka just read the ball too best. It didn't really even get that high off the ground. The kick, she read it uh, chest high as the kick now goes long towards the forward pocket, looking for Clark, who's back on the ground. Good news for Cats fans. Brought the ball to ground. Nanscorn went down the ground at the same time. Eloise Ashley Cooper watches on, and the umpire says it's all trapped in there and will call for a ball up. 25 metres out from the Geelong goal. They lead by a point. Minute and a half gone into this third term. Nanscorn gave it off quickly. Her teammate immediately wrapped up, and the umpire said, no pro opportunity and once again we'll call for another ball up he'll throw it up very quickly and away we go again Fuller read off the pack though by Morecambe Morecambe goes long into the centre of the ground Mireille Clifford's worked a long way up the ground Boyd goes with her up to Clifford hit the deck and all wrapped up no pro opportunity we'll call for a ball up and we'll get some early thoughts from Danielle Marshall yeah, I think Geelong definitely starts every quarter really well and they've come out firing here and Olivia Fuller really giving them opportunities for first use. So we'll see if that continues. So Nan's gone able to pull the ball out. She sends up a high ball. Dicker can just hit it to the ground. She's had her opponent with Shepard close behind her. The ball's still on the ground. Pushing it there was Hosking, who can just push it towards Prasparkas. Prasparkas now on the ground. Dicker on the ground. Plenty of players falling over here. They just can't gather the ball. Nanscon could, but it'll be a free kick going the way of Geelong, and it'll be going the way of Beck Webster. So Webster will be able to take the ball here, the former Murray Bush Rangers player. She'll call for it back. She'll take the ball centre wing as Geelong look to add to their two goals they've already got for this game as they just lead the Bombers 2-3-15. So the Bombers 2-2-14. 17 minutes left in this third term. And she'll go with a long kick. Wynn just pulling the ball a little bit. And it'll sit up there and it sits up perfectly though for Ashley Cooper of the Bombers to take a nice mark. And she'll quickly play on and get the ball across. She's looking to Friswell. Friswell can't hold on to it. Instead, it's her opponent in Woolett who could hold on to the ball. And she just gets a hand pass away there to Fuller. Fuller nearly dispossessed of the ball. It's Smith who's able to pick it up for Geelong. She sends a flat ball across. It's mopped up there by Ashley Cooper. It's along the boundary line here. They're trying to keep it in. Smith has the ball in hands, but it will go just over the boundary line for a throw in. So we're about uh, 52 and a half metres out from the Geelong goal, heading towards the primary school end of the ground. That's the left of your radio dial here on WARFradio.com. In the VFLW preliminary final, one point lead to the Cats. Ball back into play, over the head of all players. Bounce past several players. In fact, get in the middle of the ground. Marianne Anthony's getting in a bit of a tussle here with Karras. Marianne Anthony, pardon me, wrapped up instead by Maguire, should I say. And the umpire said no pro opportunity. We'll take the football back at centre-half forward for Geelong. Ball up in the air. Fuller versus Nelda. Nelda won it down. Got it to Bruce Barkers, who aborted her kick. Tried to get a hurried hand pass away. Squeezed out, though, to Sophie Van Heuvel, who delivers perfectly and finds Renee Karras. And Renee Karras will be kicking from directly in front. But you'll need to travel about 40 metres. We'll get some quick thoughts from Katie Lambeski. 
Yeah, Geelong doing really well to enter in the inside, going inside 50 here. They've gone, uh, they've tried to go on in the middle as much as they can. They haven't been bogged down in that pocket, similar to what Essendon were in the second quarter. The kick will come in now. It's an important one. Karras off the right boot. It slews to the side uh, in the forward pocket. And Maloney goes to ground, ridden by Morecambe. And the ball finally gets trundled over and out. And will call for a throw-in 30 metres out from the Cats goal. So just sitting in that pocket on the outer side of the ground that we saw it sit in a little bit during that second term. Boyd had a few kicks taken when the ball went out of the out on the full, but still staying in that area for Geelong. What can they do with it here? The ball's thrown in, it'll sit on the ground, it's just pushed away. Gathering now is Vanderheuvel. Vanderheuvel puts it on the boot, but it's not a clean kick and it'll just dribble its way back over the boundary line where we'll have yet another throw in. So 14, nearly 15 minutes left in this quarter. Still Geelong leading by a point as it stays in their forward 50 and they'll look to add to that lead. The ball's thrown up and it's brought to ground, running onto it is Webster. She can get a hand pass away, but it's gone into some traffic. The Bombers will try and clear it. Clear and kick tried to go the way, but the mark there will be taken by Johnson. So Johnson and the Cats will be able to hold on to this one. She doesn't look like she's too keen to take the kick. Should have to kick from about 40 metres out. Strong wind blowing that would have to be counteracted there by Johnson, who's just been taken at pick 15 for the Cats AFLW side. But she will size up the goals. She'll take her running. She's got a kick on her and she sends it. And it bounces through, just makes the distance, bounces over the heads of the players in the goal square. And Geelong will put on their third goal of the day, 3-3-21. They'll be leading the Bombers 2-2-14. What were your thoughts on that, Danny? Yeah, I mean, I was, I was hoping she'd make the distance. I think as a former soccer player, she's kind of got a little bit of that leg on her. Yeah. So um, I was pretty confident she could make the distance. But counteracting the wind, it didn't quite look like it was going to make it, but just snuck in there. So good for her. Yeah, that was brilliant. Um, in these conditions as well, really tricky. Backed herself in in the end. She looked a bit un uncertain when she wanted to go back, but took the chance, took her time, and just really made it. That's an really made it work, and it's an important goal in this game. That's a very handy buffer now for the Cats, who've just been able to start, you know, each quarter really, really strongly. Almost seven minutes gone into this third term, and a seven-point lead to the Cats. The ball's on a traffic jam in the middle of the ground. They're trying to get it out to Eugel. Eugel caught by Van Heuvel. Still manages to get a little toe poker of a kick away. Now picked up there hurriedly by Barber. Fed out the hand pass sideways to Heil. Heil going in the Dicker direction. Dicker bounced off of her chest awkwardly. Davies coming on by. Cats are going to try and sweep it up here through Van der Heuvel. Van der Heuvel on the right boot. Goes long and high and towards the middle of the ground. Cecilia McIntosh committed towards the contest. Couldn't hang on to it. Maloney went in there for the Cats as well. There's Maguire. Fires out the hand pass. Trying to find Gunjaka going with her at the moment in the foot races. Eloise Ashley Cooper. Gunjaka's going to turn her around. Get on the left boot towards the half forward flank position. Crunch in the contest there. Webster hit the deck. Cats football though. They move it in towards the hotspot. 30 metres out from goal. Gillard. Oh, a little half-heartedly at it. Caught by Clark. Somehow no, didn't get the hand pass. Umpire set a throw. And it will be a free kick for the Cats and Georgia Clark directly in front. 40 metres out from goal. Katie Lampeski I just looked at Gillard and she was kind of unsure about it and that brought her undone. Yeah, exactly. And if you're going to spin, if you're going to do that, that's definitely a prior opportunity. Just leave the, re uh, the umpire no real um, other choice in that situation, really. Fantastic pressure there put on. Gillard just needed to just steady there for a brief moment. I think she just, that perceived pressure just sort of told on her in that moment. Clark kicked two goals so far in this match directly in front. 
40 metres out from goal. And the goal umpire did not move an inch. Straight over his hat. And it's now into a 13-point ball game. 4-3-27 the Cats. The Bombers 2-2-14. Under 12 minutes remaining in this third term. Centimetre perfect, I think you have to describe that as an uh, unreal kick there from Clark. Took the, again, took the time, steadied, was able just to bury that shot just right through the middle. Geelong really starting to make this make this sort of this momentum work, really starting to put goals on the board. Ultimately the most important thing, and they've got themselves a really handy buffer now. Should the warning light be flashing now for Essen and Danielle Marshall? Oh, definitely, I think... You know, Geelong started well in every quarter, and this one they've managed to make the most of their opportunities. So, um, you know, you can't let a good team get ahead because if you do, um, it's really hard to claw your way back. And it's the Cats that will go forward here again to Webster. Sends the ball inside 50. She's got her player on there in Clark yet again. The umpire calls the whistle, and the free kick will be going the way of Geelong again. So Geelong could have a chance here on the outer side of the ground. It'll be a tough kick to make, but it's in the safe hands of Clark. She's kicked a goal in the first, a goal in the second, and a goal already in this third term. Can she put on another one? It's Geelong sitting here at the biggest margin of the day of 13 points. Putting them at 19 points, that would be very difficult for the Bombers to come back from in this preliminary final. So she puts the ball on the boot. It's flat, it rises, but it's wide. So it's just a behind here that'll be added to Geelong's total for Fort 28. They'll still lead the Bombers 2-2-14 with 10 minutes left in this third term. Oh, long out of defence for the Bombers. Gillard straight over her hands as well. Dickard now tries to go back to Gillard on the bounce. Harried handle hand pass backwards. Aloise actually Cooper under pressure trying to now get it to Press Park as it was coming through. Couldn't hang on to the football. Catch try to work it out of there through Webster. Now they move it with a long kick in there by Fuller in towards the uh, forward 50. Came off hands as they were trying to find Clark once again. McIntosh tries to get in there as well. Gardner is late to the party here for the Cats. In goes McIntosh over the top. And the umpire says, I'll call for a ball up. Jumping in there, Tiara, Tamara Smith for Geelong. We're about uh, 25 metres out from the Cats goal. Umpire looks for the nominating rucks. On this occasion, it will be Kanjaka versus Gillard. Umpire taking a while as we throw the ball up in the air. Gillard wins it down close towards the boundary line. Kanjaka, Aloise Ashley Cooper going with her. Nanskorn lays a tackle over the top getting Garring into the ground. Umpire says no opportunity and will call again for a ball up and get some thoughts from Katie Lembeski. Geelong just really starting to turn the screws here now. Essendon, while they've been able to defend as a back six as a unit pretty well, the pressure's just starting to tell and Geelong just really need to keep on this momentum for the next few minutes because they can really put this game out of reach. So on the outer side of the ground, it's still in the hands of Geelong as they look to go forward until it's just intercepted there by Barber. And she puts a hurried kick away and gets it as far away from the Cats' goals as she can. So it'll sit centre wing, outer side of the ground, in front of the Bowls Club, where we'll have another ball up with all the players just jumping on, needing the umpire to come in and break things up. So the umpire will come in, throw the ball up very close to the boundary. The tap out will go into the hands of Prasparkas. Prasparkas again just bangs on the boot and sees how far she can get it. Uh, it's picked up instead there by uh, Johnson. Johnson can get the ball and push it long. Nelda's around there. It's Gillard rather who's around there for the Bombers. You can just push it to ground, but she can't get much distance for it as it stays on the outer side of the ground. And the ball's pulled into a pack. And the umpire again will come in and we'll have to throw the ball up 
very, very close to the boundary line. So the Rucks will have to try and keep it in here, and that they do. Yugle's got it, and she just sends a ball dribbling along on the ground. And that kick, again, will run into some traffic there. Players running into traffic all over the place where they've got players in the boundary until it's Webster who can get the ball out, and she gets a hand pass. And now Geelong have got a little bit of a space here. Woolett can get the ball away. But the umpire will come in and he'll pay the free kick to the Bombers. So after Geelong able to get that, release that stranglehold, it'll be the Bombers here via their captain in Nance Corn who might be able to do something with this. So she just pops the ball up to the half forward line for her team. But that intercept mark will be taken by Webster of the Cats and she'll look to push the Cats forward with seven minutes left in this third term. It's still Geelong 4-4-28 leading the Bombers 2-2-14. And the player Gillard stepped over the mark before the umpire called play on and it's a 50 metre penalty and Preston might want to go up the ground rather quickly and look to bomb it inside 50. Had a player on the hot spot, elects to go in that direction, was trying to look for Gardner and the umpire says too high, free kick to the Cats. And that means Laura Gartner will have an opportunity to stretch it out. The 20 points, the difference. She'll be kicking from about uh, 41 metres. Slight angle. Breeze swirly at the primary school end of the ground. With about six and a half minutes remaining in the third term. Gardner comes in on the right boots. The kick is going to hold up in the breeze. The pack is there. Alois actually Cooper front spot. The SM players almost forgot to chase up the ball as Heil was going in afterwards. Gets it to a teammate. Now to Yugel. Yugel running out of the back 50. Goes on the right boot. Goes up towards the centre wing position. Looking for Dicker to try and get on the football. Kerrick's on her hammer. Dicker still got it. Did she step across the boundary line? Yes, she did. According to the boundary umpire, will call for a ball in on centre wing. And we'll get some thoughts from match analyst Danielle Marshall. Well, this has been the point of the quarter where Essendon usually manages to turn things around, so we'll see if they can do it and get it in their forward 15, keep it there and, and make the most of some opportunities. As the ball is thrown back in, Karras versus Gillard. Karras brought it to ground. Garin got the hand pass out, managing to find Webster. Webster put it on the right boot, goes towards the forward flank, dribbling ball. McIntosh tries to clean it up, got collared high, umpire missed it, got a little toe poker. Now quickly getting it there as Barbara trying to move it in towards the middle of the ground. Morecambe coming in there for support. Ball trapped in a pack situation. Nanskin on the outside, brought to ground, Maguire. And the umpire's going to ask for the football back. Near centre half forward for Geelong. They're 4-4-28, Essendon 2-2-14. Five minutes remaining in this third term of the preliminary final. One out on this occasion by the Cats, stolen by Yugel. Yugel now pops it high in the air, looking for McDonald. Boyd went up, spoiled her own teammate. Ball hit the ground. Here comes Press Parker, tries to create the pressure. Little nudge in the ump back. Umpire missed it. Play on. Johnson now kicks up the line. Mark taken on this occasion by Smith. Smith on the left boot, going in the direction of and taking the mark is Gunjaka in front of Hale. 55 metres out from home, looking for an option inside 50. Who's going to present to her? She says, stuff it. I'll just go long. Go for the tall player I can find and that is Karras spoiled from behind by Gillard is that off the boots no the umpire said it was already over the boundary line when that happened throw in deep inside the Cats forward 50 so the Cats four and a half minutes left in this quarter 4-4-28 they're leading the Bombers 2-2-14 14 point margin the biggest of the day as the umpire restarts play and throws the ball in and it'll just be punched out of the forward 50 but running onto it there was Maguire for the Cats her kick though is smothered so it'll go into the centre of the ground desperate tackle there from the Bombers just to try and keep the ball in there and make the most of what they can do here 
with the umpire forced to come in and throw the ball in, in the centre of the ground. Throw the ball up, rather, in the centre of the ground. Four minutes left for the Bombers to score and just pull back this margin a little bit. Prasparkas can get the hand pass to Barber. Barber can get the hand pass then across to Svark. And Svark can get the kick into the 50. Bounces over the head of her teammate in Davies. And she's Davies will be chasing Boyd to try and get the ball. Boyd does well just to put that ball on the left boot. The ball goes high and it goes up towards Woolett. Woolett wasn't paid the mark because it wasn't 15, so she had to run it through for a rush behind. So the Bombers, 2-4-15 now. No, 2-3-15. Still trailing by 13 points here as the Cats look to bring the ball in from the back line just with a short chip kick. It was a dangerous kick and it didn't find Gardner, but her legs were chopped off from underwear. So Gardner will get the free kick nonetheless. Gardner with the ball in defence for the Cats. Elects to go towards the city side of the ground. It's a long, high ball. Did Heil get one in the back? Yes, said the umpire, and she'll get a free kick. Kendra Heil played her footy first with the Hamilton Wildcats in Toronto and then played her footy here in Australia with the Eastern Devils. Kicked it long and high. Coming out to take the mark is Davies. Crucial mark. And she'll be having a shot for goal from about 40 metres out in a 45-degree angle. Two and a half minutes left in this quarter. Kind of hesitant. She's kind of looking for a pass, kind of looking for a shot. Comes in now off a few steps. It was always going to be short because she went for the pass when she probably should have gone for home. Here's the punch close towards the boundary line. Barber, Barber sold the candy. Barber with the snap and it's marked on the last line of defence. Swallowed up by Annabelle Johnson. Gee, some tense That's moments here. It's a point. What happened was Annabelle Johnson took the mark went back through the goal coast but then came around the other side of the goal post and when you do that that's a point so it brings the margin now down to two straight kicks so who knows if that point might play a part later on in this game to see who makes the big dance next week against Collingwood but Johnson she her kick goes and it goes straight into the hands of Friswell so an intercept mark there taken by Friswell and now the Bombers have got a chance to push forward here. They've got a minute and 45 seconds left on the clock. Friswell just pops it up. She pops it up into a pack and it falls into the hands of Barber. Barber puts it on the right boot. But it stays right. So another behind there for the Bombers will bring that margin down to 11 points. Katie Lembeski, handy point. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just telling that with Barber's, that was her 16th touch of the game, by the way. It's just been a constant in terms of presenting those options. Really been a dynamic sort of option, which Essendon just haven't been able to have aside from her, to be honest. But Geelong just need to take this moment just to settle down and not make these harsh decisions. Get out to those, get out to the pockets and try to close out this quarter. Kerrick goes on the left ball, came off hand hole, immediately wrapped up and will call for a ball up with a minute remaining before three-quarter time. 11-point ball game, Geelong in front of Essendon here at Windy Hill in the preliminary final. Ball is up in the air, full of jump for it, missed it. In goes Nanskorn, she got a nudge, no, said the umpire. She went to ground, tries to ferry out the hand pass to Barber, who was dispossessed by Van de Hubel, who kicked around on the right boot. Gains up the line. Heil end up doing a little bit of shepherding work, then realised she had to go in and try and pick up the football. Immediately got jumped upon, and the umpire says it's all trapped and will call for a ball up. 30 seconds remaining to three-quarter time, and we're between centre wing and a half-forward flank for the Bombers. So the umpire sets and readies himself to throw the ball up close to the boundary line on the outer side of the ground. Barber can pull it in, but she's wrapped up the moment she gets the ball. So she's not able to work some of that magic that she nearly worked just moments ago. And the umpire will be forced to pull in the ball and throw it up again. So it's pushed towards the Geelong end of the ground and then it's picked up by Gehring. 
Gary can't get it very far and she keeps tussling for the ball with Barbara. It's those two going at it until it goes out of bounds. And the siren for three-quarter time sounds. It's Geelong, 4-4-28. They've made a bit of a mark in that third term. They're leading the Bombers 2-5-17. Danny, how did you see Geelong getting away in that third term to break the stranglehold at halftime when scores were level? Yeah, they started they started hard, and I think they got a bit of first use out of the stoppages and were able to get it into their forward 50 and then lock it in for a while, and uh, they just slotted their opportunities. So um, they weren't easy kicks, especially with the win, so good on them for, for getting those through when it counted. Uh, Katie Lambeski, you've got some stats up to three-quarter time. Absolutely, and I think a kind of a telling one is particularly in showing how tight this has been. In terms of clearances, Cats have the slight advantage, 24 to 23. In terms of the way that they've used it, though, a bit more of an interesting stat is inside 50s. They've been able to have a clear advantage there, 26 to 18, all in all. Um, yeah, and ultimately, I think that's where the difference has been in the way that they've used it, in the way that they've used possession, and the way that they've been able to get those repeat inside 50s and really lock it in for periods at a time and yeah ultimately Webster has led the way for the Cats 22 touches Van der Wevel with 16 and Gunjaka with 15 uh, no surprises in the Essendon touch count Nanscorn with 21 Barber 26 and Press Parkers with 15 touches so still all to play for you have to think but um, yeah plenty plenty to look ahead to I'm sure and going back to what um, Danny noticed about Essendon in that second term and I think we can pinpoint it right there in, in the last minute or so was that Davies uh, opportunity She's about 45 metres out, and you can kind of see she's like, am I having a shot? Am I passing? Am I doing what? And there was like a half-hearted pass in the end instead of, I'd say, a more senior head would go, as soon as I've got the ball, I look for the pass. If I can't find the pass, that's it. Your mindset now should be go back, have a shot. Yeah, to make, the, make the commitment either way. At least yeah. have some certainty to what you're doing. When you're stuck in two minds, ultimately it's going to blow back on you in some way and it's just not going to work out. So she's been able to present. She's had a couple of marks inside 50, has Davies, but just those opportunities, she just hasn't been able to manufacture them enough, I think you have to say. And I think that was telling. Just that moment was a bit telling into the way that she's um, been able to go today. But again, it's, it's just that defensive quality that's been out there for both sides really and goal kickers to three quarter time so to three quarter time it's Clark there with three a goal in each of the terms today Johnson with a goal as well for the Cats and then for the Bombers it's Barber with one and Prasparkas with one at three quarter time it is Geelong 4-4-28 Essendon 2-5-17 winter has really set in time for hot drinks warm soups a relaxing bath and cranking up the heater Did you know that all these things present a burn hazard for children? In fact, 79% of burns happen in the home. Visit kidsafe.com.au to download the free burn safety checklist and get some essential tips for keeping kids safe in your home. And remember, when a burn occurs, apply cool running water for at least 20 minutes. No oil, butter, ointments or ice. Always seek medical advice if the burn is larger than 3 centimetres. Hey Gary, what time you call this? Yeah, the traffic was really bad. Oh, there's Steve-o. Go, Steve. Morning. How's your weekend? Same old, same old. What'd you get up to? Not much. Are you okay, mate? Looking out for one another is something we all need to do. So if a mate's struggling, ask, are you okay? Listen, encourage action, and check in again soon. Those four steps could change their life. Find out more at areyouok.org.au. Draft Central is entering a new era, covering all the state leagues 
from the VFLW, Sample W, Waffle W and Quaffle W, as well as their primary focus, the NAB League girls, Draft Central has you covered when it comes to all you need to know about the future stars of the AFL women's. Draft Central, brought to you by Rookie Me, is now on YouTube, so be sure to subscribe at Draft Central, as well as on our Facebook, Twitter and Instagram pages at Draft Central Oz. It's Adam Mears winning gold. Hey, I'm Anna Mears. Winning gold at the Olympics was an incredible feeling. And having my biggest rival, who I'd just beaten, ride up next to me and lift my hand in victory topped off an amazing moment. We'd had our fair share of clashes over the years, but in the end, we both respected each other, and that's what really counts in sport. Be gracious in victory and in defeat. To keep your sport inclusive, safe and fair, go to playbytherules.net.au. It's the jingle everyone boogies along to the VFL Women's Match of the Day on WAOFradio.com and at the ground or if you're in the neighbourhood, 89.1 FM, delay free, Geelong 4428, Essendon 2517. Can the Bombers come from behind for a famous victory or will Geelong shut the door on them and essentially it'll end like it did with the top of the ladder. It'll be first versus second in the grand final. We await to see Geelong holding in their huddle a lot longer than Essendon did. Essendon already uh, in position. Perhaps the nerves with the Bombers at the moment. They can't, Lauren, I just look at the Bombers, I go, they kind of look nervous to me. They don't look settled. I know Brendan Major left the huddle with a big come on, just trying to rev up his troops. So there's plenty of fire there. You can hear that, you know, if that rev up doesn't get you up, nothing will, but they've got... 11 points to make up here, so it's not an easy task. And Katie Lambeski, Geelong, of course, experienced VFLW finals campaigners, of course, making that grand final in 2018. Yeah, exactly. There's just that experience, that finals knowledge that, you know, you can't buy. It really is, I think, it's been telling. I think yeah. at key moments today, especially throughout that third quarter, where Essendon have just sort of panicked and rushed decisions, Geelong have just been able to take the sting out of the game and take it, um, and take the opportunities their way. So 11 points the margin here. Just 20 minutes left to see who makes the grand final. At the moment, it's Geelong leading as the Bombers. What can they do to see if they can make a grand final in their first VFLW finals appearance? The ball's just going deep into Geelong's forward 50. It's rolling, it's rolling. Oh, tries to stop it. She can't do it. It'll be up to McIntosh to run after the ball. We haven't seen too much of her today, but she's good in clutch moments. She runs onto the ball. She holds it. She lays a crunching tackle on. They'll just slow this Geelong run here. And they'll stop Geelong from scoring early in this match. Just 30 seconds gone in this first term. But the ball still deep in Geelong's forward 50. In their pocket on the outer side of the ground. It'll roll along the boundary line. And we'll be forced to have another stoppage and another throw in. 40 seconds gone in this first term. In this last term, sorry. As we wait for the ball to be thrown back into play. It's going to be Nelda versus Karras in this contest as the ball gets thrown back in over the heads of both rucks. It's a mighty throw in. Karras overruns the football in the end. Hurry Bombers kicked by Nanscorn goes long out towards the wing position looking for Mia Ray Clifford. That's on the city side of the ground. Hand pass finding a running player and Hosking coming through. Hosking kicks up the line forward of centre. Hurry chain of hand passes. Nanscorn goes over the top to Mia Ray Clifford. Immediately deflected by Fuller. In goes Webster. Barber over the top of her. Boyd. 
Brought down there by Nanscorn, but got the hurry kick away. Cats now moving towards their half-forward flank position, chasing after it, Eloise Ashley Cooper. They didn't touch it. Means Lasso free kick going the way of the Bombers in front of the scoreboard, which shows them down by 11 points. So the Bombers have got the ball here. They'll need to make the most of it early and just stop Geelong from getting the first goal of the term like the Cats have done in the first three. Ball on the outer side of the ground, score back into the hands of the blue and white hoops, but Prasparkas comes in to tackle Van de Heuvel to the ground and make sure there'll be a throw up just outside on the outer side of the ground in front of the bowls club. So Fuller with the tap out, she can get it to her teammate, but it's a congested footy, Nelda can get it. The ball just keeps bobbling along to other players. Barbara will be there to tackle her opponent to the ground. And she's got Gehring wrapped up, which means, again, the umpire will be forced to come in and throw it up with the players locked between that boundary line there, finding it hard to get it away. It's Barbara with the ball this time, and this time it's the opposite because she's wrapped up by Van Heuvel, and the umpire will run out and run back in again, put his hand up and throw the ball up. So we'll have another throw up. Nelda can get a bit of a hit away. Barber's around there. Prasparkas just sweeps in and gets the ball and she'll just send it to the half forward line for the Bombers. What can they do with it here? Going with a bit of a kick there was Davies. She gets fresh air though, so it doesn't do anything for her side. It's the Cats that can just push it away and Webster runs onto it. Can she pick it up cleanly? She can pick it up and she gets a hand pass away and does well. And the Cats will just gain some ground here. Running onto it was Maloney. Maloney can pick it up and she can get it across to Smith. Smith puts it on the boot and she'll just send it towards the half forward line for the Cats. There's no one home for the Cats but they'll just push it forward and it'll go into a little bit of space and it'll leave players to run onto it. Amongst it there was Tierney for Geelong. But the ball will just be wrapped up and we'll have a throw up in Geelong's forward 50. Katie, what are your thoughts in this match? Three, three and a half minutes gone. Can the Bombers manufacture something out of this deep in Geelong's defence at the moment though? It's going to be very tough. They have to find a goal and have to find it pretty quickly. Geelong have just been able to steady. They're just a steady hand and have just been able to take Essendon's momentum away from them just at key moments and I don't see that changing at this, unfortunately, for the home side. Mark, uh, going in to try and lay a tackle there, McIntosh and the umpire will answer the football back. I guess the worrying thing, Danny, for the Bombers is Geelong have got the ball in dangerous areas and Essendon are trying to use up all their energy to defend. Yeah, absolutely. They've they've really started every quarter by being able to get it into their forward 50, and uh, Essendon just haven't been able to get it out. Here's a turnaround snap and goal for the Cats from the forward pocket. Put that one down for the 54 in uh, Renee Tierney. And uh, I might just call the Royal Hotel in Essendon and say I'd like to make a booking for 50 on Monday because I think that's ball game. Five... As we watch the scoreboard turnover, 5-4-34 Geelong, 2-5-17 Essendon. 15 and a half minutes remaining. Some may say Essendon are a chance. I can't see them, considering they've only kicked two goals today, finding three goals in 15 minutes. Too big a task. Too big a task, task at this point. You have to think Geelong just picking up where they've left off, really. Just turning the screws, building up that forward pressure, that forward momentum. And we're able to convert the opportunity that's just about done here at Windy Hill. Nan Scorn, she might have something to say for that. She pulls it out of the middle and she just bombs it towards the half-forward line for the Bombers. What can they do here? It's Hosking who's forced to defend for the red and black and tackle her opponent to the ground and force that ball up along the half-forward line for the Bombers. So it's Geelong at the moment with the biggest lead of the day of 17 points as the Bombers look to get an inside 50 here and Yugo can run onto it and she can give a kick. She just pops it to a one-on-one. -on -one. Is it a free kick here that could be going the way of the Bombers? It is. So McDonald here 
will have a chance. She probably doesn't have too much time to settle in and take her kick, but she's got a chance to go here for the Bombers and just put them within reach. Give them a little bit of a sniff here and maybe motivate them to keep pushing on. So she's kicked six goals for the year, McDonald. And this could be the most important one of the year if she's able to kick it. So she makes her run in and puts it on the boot. It looks straight. Will it go over the heads of players? No, it won't. It'll sit on the line. And it'll be no score because it'll be a mark taken by Boyd. Maddie Boyd for Geelong. Last line of defence. Primary school end of the ground. Goes on the left boot. Hugs close towards the boundary line. Ganjaka jumped up high in the air. Had support there. Hurried little hand pass away by Johnson. Now sees a running Woollett. Woollett goes for a long run. Gets on the left boot. Goes towards the wing on the city side of the ground. Getting nudged underneath it there was Lennox. Nudged off the football, in fact. And the Cats have managed to use that opportunity to go towards the half-forward flank position. Maguire is there. Brought to ground. Press Parkas is over the top. Umpire blows the whistle and we're going to call for a ball up. 5-4-34 Geelong. Essendon 2-5-17. 13 and a half minutes remaining in this final term. We throw the ball high in the air again. One out by Fuller. Trying to come in there for the Gats. Oh, hurried little kick away. Was just smothered slightly off the boot. Gets in towards the hotspot. 30 metres out from goal. The Bombers will try and clean it up again. On that occasion, it was through to through Crook. Going after it is Barber doing the chasing work there. Vandy Hubel the hurry kick around the corner. Mark taken, and that is by the 13 and Olivia Fuller, who's been signed to the catch for the AFLW list. She is about 50 metres out from home, has a lead on, goes too high over the head of Tierney. Ball got out the back towards the goal square. In comes Claudia Gonjaka. Hurry, little hand pass out at the feet there of Nelda. Now to get stumped to the turf. Maloney comes in as well. Caught by McIntosh. Hurry, little kick there, smothered immediately off the boot of Pratt. Now looking for it is Nanscorn. Nanscorn got three cats on her. Vandy Hubel's one of her, brought her to ground. Hurried hand pass out by Tierney. Going across McGuire. It's away to the left-hand side. Minus score. Geelong 5-5-35. Essendon 2-5-17. 12 minutes remaining in the final term. Let's get some thoughts from Danielle Marshall. Yeah, it was a pretty big turnaround with the, the missed shot for goal with Boyd taking the mark on the line straight back down to the Essendon forward line. So Essendon really have to be better if they get it in there, taking the opportunities or locking it in. 12 minutes left in this last final term here. The Bombers have got three goals to make up as the ball starts going towards their side of the field. But Davies is forced to chase here with it falling into the hands of Geelong. Instead, running onto it here is Maloney, broadcast side of the ground. She balks around her opponent in McDonald. The ball will go forward. It's flowing towards the boundary line. But Clifford's able to pick it up. Again, she just tries to send it as far as she can. Inset mark taken by Woolwich. She's not taken, uh, she's not paid the mark, so she's brought to ground there. Nice uh, tackle by Davies, but again, will stay in the hands of Geelong. And Gardner's got a chance here now to push forward and just slow the game down just a little bit. She'll send it to the hot spot. Gunjaka's in there and she forces a contest. She couldn't hold on, but she goes and she tackles Barber to the ground. Strong tackle there and she's on the ground fighting with Barber for the ball before the umpire comes in and will throw the ball up. The broadcast side of the ground, right smack bang between both teams' benches. The bounce will fall Gunjaka's way, and she can just push the ball out. Running onto it, though, it was for the Bombers, was Ashley Cooper. She can get the ball enough away to her captain in Nanscorn. Nanscorn pulled to the ground, though. And the umpire again will be forced to come in and throw the ball up. With 11 minutes gone, 11 minutes left, sorry, in this final term, it's still Geelong well ahead of the Bombers. Cash put it down the throat of Vandy Hubel, immediately gave it off to her teammate and Smith, who kicked it around the corner, one bounce over the boundary line and out of bounds. We'll take this opportunity to get some thoughts from Katie Lembeski. 
Yeah, with Essendon, just in terms of the way that they've been, in terms of not being able to lock the ball into their forward 50, that's been just a key difference, I think. They've defending as a whole as a team hasn't been just a strong suit today while their back six has been really solid just defending across the ground that Geelong have just been able to exploit at key moments as the ball is trapped the moment inside the Geelong 50 40 metres out from goal oh the ball popped out here for Karras Karras goes long towards the goal square came off hands looking for Clark and the ball has hit the post hello Wilbur Wilbur Post might have score 5-6-36 Geelong Essendon 2-5-17 10 minutes remaining in the preliminary final so an inset mark there taken straight out of that kicking will be from Tierney and she's able to take it along the half forward line for her sides Man on the mark is 50 metres out exactly. So she'll look to kick forward. And she was looking there for Clark. She couldn't get it to Clark. But she's gained about 40 metres of distance here. So the ball will be thrown inside Geelong's forward 50. And it'll be thrown right into a nice little hot spot for one of the Geelong players if they can pull it out of this throw-in. So nine and a half minutes left to go. And it's still the Cats leading by uh, 19 points as the ball is just pushed outside of the 50 and the Bombers can go on a bit of a run here. They've got Clifford who can run onto the ball but instead she's beaten to the ball by Boyd who's been strong defensively all day and Boyd can get the ball away and Pratt can pick it up. So Pratt will pick it up and then she's dispossessed of the footy and the free kick will be going the way of the Bombers. So there's plenty of franticness in the Bombers at the moment. They're just running on. It was Hyle who got the free kick who just disposed of it as quickly as possible but it went straight into the hands of Smith. So Smith will push her side forward as she looks to go forward for the Cats. And she pushes it in the direction that was nearly cut off by Anthony for the Bombers. She's got two Cats on her hammer, still trying to go while being harassed there by Pratt. And the umpire says you're caught holding the football. And it will be Pratt's free kick in front of the Bowls Club, City side of the ground, centre wing. 5-6-36 Geelong Essendon, 2-5-17. Eight and a half minutes remaining in the preliminary final. Long and high. Gillard just went through her hands. Out the back there, Presparkas had it momentarily, then got crushed and brought to ground. In goes uh, Garring there for the Cats. She gets that on the process. Hurry kick comes out of the pack into almost a vacant forward 50 here for Geelong. There's just two players there. One of them is crooked to get to it, and it's an awkward kick trying to dribble forward. Chasing after the ball and seeing it over, out is Gardner, and we'll call for a throw-in by the look of it, and we'll take this opportunity to get some thoughts from a player with two years AFLW experience, Danielle Marshall. Yeah, at this point, I think Essendon's really caught between a rock and a hard place. They really want to get it moving forward, but then it exposes their back line. So they really need to make the most of any chances they have going forward to, to get back in this game. So eight minutes still left in this final term with the Cats leading by 18 points or 19 points rather. McIntosh will just be happy to see that ball over the line, still on that half forward line for the Cats. Do you just at this point take Gillard off the ground and just go, look, let's just go short, let's go small. We've just got to run the ball now. It's gamble time. It's gamble time. Yeah, there's no tomorrow. There's no tomorrow, really. Just take the risks because if it's now, it's really now or never. You're going to have to just go small and just run, run, run throughout these last few minutes. So the ball will still be sitting along that half forward line for the Cats and able to nearly pick it up was Karras, but she was just bumped off the footy. So on the outer side of the ground, Eugle's able to pick it up. It looked like a bit of a throw, but the umpire will pay it. So Nanscorn can pick it up here and she just bursts out of that pack, puts it on the boot like she's done so often today. Gunjaka there was able to create a little bit of an intercept as the ball moves into this centre of the ground. Running onto it is Spark. Spark's got it, but she's tackled there by Woolard, who's pulled her to the ground. And Woolard will be rewarded for that hard work. 50. And a 50 will be paid. So, that could be the complete end of 
the Bombers season really here. Will it will take that 50 metres? Six and a half minutes left in this game, and she'll be sitting right on the 50 metre arc for her side. And it looks like her teammates are just happy for her to go for home. So she'll take her run in and just pop it on that left boot, see how much distance she can get. It'll go to the goal square and it'll be punched through. So 5-7-37, it'll be Geelong leading the Bombers 2-5-17. Six minutes left in this preliminary final at Windy Hill. So Heil to bring the football back into play. Gets on the right boot, goes towards the half-forward flank position, bouncing over the head of Presbarkas. Gillard gets back there, dances around, puts it on the right boot, goes up towards the centre wing in front of the bowls club, bounces over the boundary line and out of bounds because it's not touched. It is uh, the lasso rule and it's going the way of Claudia Gonjaka for the Cats. That means Geelong next week will meet Collingwood in the grand final. 1.05pm bounce down, Sunday August 8th at Northport Oval. We'll be on air from 12pm. As the kick is long by Gunjaka trying to find Van de Heuvel, who dropped the football. But got it to Maloney. Maloney kicked around the corner looking for Maguire. Bounce past her. Woollett does a little bit of dancing. Woollett on the left towards the top of the goal square. Trying to be trapped here by Clark. Crook with her. Who's going to try and toe poke it through for a point? 5-8-38 Geelong. Essendon 2-5-17. Five minutes remaining in the preliminary final. Katie Lembeski. Yeah, just meandering along to its inevitable conclusion a little bit here at Windy Hill. Um, ultimately, Geelong had just have too much experience, too much class here. We've got a free kick here, but Essendon will look to get the ball moving quickly. So the margin has been extended by the Cats to 21 points here as we near the conclusion of this match. The ball just sits in the middle of the ground there at the bottom of the pack for the Bombers. Liz Clifford and the umpire will come in to break it up. So 5-8-38. Geelong who will be heading to the grand final as they lead the Bombers 2-5-17. And the ball will go up and it'll be Fuller who can get the tap out and she'll push it forward into the hands of Maloney. Maloney can get it off then uh, to Smith. Smith pops it into the forward 50 for the catch. She's just got one teammate there in Clark who's gone down and she looks uh, a little ginger there as she's gone down. So we know she had a little bit of extra treatment at the end of the second term. So we'll keep an eye on her as the ball's just gone out, but it'll now sit into the hands of her teammate in Leonard. So Leonard with the long sleeve. She'll pop it up into the pack. She's got a teammate at the end of that kick, and it'll be Tierney who'll be able to get her second goal for this final term and just add a little bit of icing on the cake here for Geelong and just confirm that they will be the ones to face Collingwood in next week's grand final. Tells the story, though, doesn't it? She was just able to halt that one moment, take the chance, slow it down, and was able to convert the opportunity. Too much in the locker today. Geelong just have had every answer to every challenge that Essendon have been able to throw at them. Fantastic performance by this side and a really calm and composed one at that. After Clark went down, she tried to get up and, and play on, and now she's come hunching in pain towards the boundary line, bent over on her arches with the physio speaking to her at this very moment. Potentially massive story ahead of next week's grand final. Um, shocking for her to miss. Blows the whistle to signal... Well, this is, this is a very strange situation because they're trying to signal, uh, you know, stop the clock for injury but they don't need to because she's off the ground. So this is very weird by the umpires because if she goes off the ground and they just run on a sub anyway, that means Clark can't come back on for the rest of the game, which wouldn't matter with three minutes to go and they're up by so much. So for them, stopping the clock is, is bizarre. 
Yeah, there's but no stretcher or anything, so it's... Again, she's off the ground, unless... The only thing would be if she had blood on her, but then yep. at the same time, she, again, she's off the ground. Very bizarre from the umpires as we throw the ball up in the air and away we go again. As going in there is Barber. Beaten out there by this occasion by Webster. Webster to Maguire. Rejected by McIntosh. Who got in there with a smothering work. 55 metres out from the Cats goal now. Kajaka, little toe back roll on the ground. In goes Georgia Nanscorn. Nanscorn being held without it possibly. The umpire blows the whistle. Be interesting to see when we, whenever they do say it's going to be VFLW presentation night. If uh, she will be the favourite and get the uh, Helen Lambert uh, Pierce medal was originally the Helen Lambert medal, but renamed the Helen Lambert Daisy Pierce medal for this player in the VFLW. Has the long kick here by Johnson inside 50. Umpire says there's a push out on this occasion, so he won't give the mark to Garing. Instead, give a free kick going the way of the Bombers. Gillard will go with an awkward kick off the right side of the boot. Picked off here by Webster. Webster dances around, goes high with the right boot kick and will register as a minor score. 6-9-45 Geelong, Essendon 2-5-17. Under two minutes remaining, we get some thoughts from Danielle Marshall. Yeah, an unfortunate ending to the season for um, Essendon. Obviously playing at home at Windy Hill would have been nice to take out the win today, but Geelong just been too strong, been able to lock it in, just have a little bit better structure. Um, to keep moving the ball forward. So interesting to see what will happen. Obviously, uh, Geelong haven't beaten Collingwood yet this season, but have gotten almost closer and closer yeah. every time. So we'll see if they can find the answers next week. So the two sides couldn't be separated at halftime here today. It was Geelong with an 11-point lead coming into three-quarter time. That lead is now extended to 28 points as we near the last 90 seconds of this match here of the preliminary final. The ball just still sitting in the Geelong's forward 50. There's a whole gang of players around the ball and the umpire will pay the free kick to the Bombers. So the Bombers will try and get the ball out here and it'll just be popped into the middle of the ground looking for Dicker. It goes over her head where it's picked up by Leonard who's been good in this final term. The ball will just make its way towards the half forward line for the Cats and it's Van de Heuvel who's also been impressive in this game. McIntosh overruns the ball. She's got uh, Webb starting amongst around her for Geelong. The ball will just move its way into the centre square. Tackle there taken by... Uh, tackle there completed by McDonald on Gehring, so the umpire again will throw it up on the half-forward line for the Cats with 30 seconds left in this match. It'll be run on through there by Fuller. Fuller can get the ball away. It'll sit still in this forward 50 with the Bombers running onto it now. We might be able to hold on to the ball here, but it looks like it'll be trapped inside Geelong's forward 50. Nope, the umpire will let play go on with the ball in the hands of Karras. It's still just locked in and the ball's not moving anywhere, and so... We'll have a throw up with just seconds left in this match. As the ball's thrown up, it'll be Geelong though, heading into the grand final. Two-face Collingwood next week, 6-9-45. They ran away with this game to defeat Essendon, 2-5-17 in the Bombers' first VFLW final series. They've made the preliminary final, but that's where the season will end for the Bombers and Geelong. Well, Katie, how impressive was that? 
Yeah, incredible, incredible. Just were able to control the game at the key moments when they were challenged. They were able to stand up. Just structurally, they were just far. Um, they were just been able to use it to their advantage. Essendon just didn't have any answers to that. And whenever, whatever challenge that Essendon were able to throw, Geelong just were able to kill off the game really and a really telling moment for me was when Maddie Boyd took that mark right on the goal line it just reflected the fact that they are composed they are experienced they do have that talent across the board whether you go up back up forward to the middle it's just a well balanced side that was the key to today and it was just that consistency of performance and a well-deserved grand final berth next week and should be a fascinating contest and Danielle, just how Geelong just finished in waves. They're just coming and coming again at Essendon. That's going to present some concerns for the Collingwood coaching staff that are here watching that Geelong performance. Yeah, absolutely. They came in waves. They had runners for the handballs coming on the overlap. They they supported each other really, really well. So if they can bring the form that they showed in this final quarter, especially into the, into the Collingwood game, I think we'll have quite the game on our hands. So for the Geelong Football Club, their second VFLW Grand Final up against Collingwood, who actually will be playing in their second VFLW Grand Final, but going in as the reigning premiers. If we deduct that 2020 year where we had no football for the Essendon Football Club, that brings to, for them their season to a close. I mean, on a positive note, you can say they finished fifth, but they finished, if you adjust the ladder for playing preliminary final, finished third, so a little bit of a uh, better performance. Um, the only unfortunate headache for Essendon, I guess, is some of the standout players from today, they lose. Prasparkas is obviously now officially a Geelong player. Briswell Gillard, who stood up tall for them, is now off to Melbourne. So they, in, in one way, they, they've got a blueprint of how to make the finals, but now they, they need players to uh, fill the hole. I think I know a person. I think she might be standing next to me right here. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's they've got the blueprint. You are right. Yeah, yeah. You're right. It's Ultimately, there's going to be opportunities elsewhere for others to probably step up and take those opportunities as mo- those next those next AFRW players step up too. So, yeah, I think they've got they've got something stable here, Essendon, and that's, I think, the important thing. That's what they're going to need to build on and just back themselves in as a club and as a structure. So, um They'll be back. Um, they'll be back, and uh, I think they can take motivation and um, great, pr- great pride in what they've achieved this year. This quite also could possibly be the last time we see an Essendon women's side play on Windy Hill. And I say that is the talk is that the season for the VFLW will start in January because obviously the AFLW season is now starting in December. The word is they'll start in January. And even though there's nothing official yet, the early whispers were the season would run January, February, March and finish around mid-April before the VFL men's start. And if you go through those months, Windy Hill is out of action because of cricket that's played on this ground. So that might possibly have been, if, if we run with that season, the last ever women's Essendon VFLW game played on Windy Hill. Where do they go? Do they go off to the hangar, possibly, to take games back there? Is it going to be equipped for that, or...? Well, ex- exactly. I mean, yeah. they think that the hangar can do VFLW games, or at least the league thinks it. Essendon, maybe not so much. But there had been talk with the AFLW licence that Essendon would play out at Craigieburn. That was mentioned a few years ago. But um, we obviously haven't seen the yeah, detail of yeah. their proposal, but who knows? Um, look, the hangar was nice for VFL games at the start of the year. They obviously played some of those early matches there. But you know how much Windy Hill obviously means to Essendon supporters, and it's nice for them to see their VFL teams here, um, just as we hear Geelong all going into the I think the we'll hear the theme song loud, I think, with our fix mic on, so we'll wait for that theme song to be going in a moment's time.
So, yeah, not the end, hopefully, for footy here at Windy Hill, but the hangar, obviously, they're gradually growing it into yep. a bit of a ground there. Probably needs a few more stands um, to host some That's some toilets and some canteen facilities and some shelter <laughs> and some... <laughs> also, it does look too barren, but... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Also telling that women's footy is now essentially a summer sport. If that's the plan for between January to April, it's going to change a few things, I think, in the way that players prepare and the way that they juggle things. I mean, it's a bit of a... It's a task. I mean, no doubt it's um, interesting to see how the way that that plays out, but all important for the future, I guess, and something to keep an eye on going forward is this song we can hear in the background here. And they are through to a grand final at Northport Oval. And I guess, Danielle, the, the interesting question will be, Northport Oval is a very small, compact ground. You played on it with the Bulldogs, in particularly in uh, that uh, win against Richmond and then beating Collingwood in those two finals on that ground. Who does it suit better? Geelong do have the tools. Again, if Clark gets up, we've seen Gonjaka mark today. We've seen Boyd in defence, for example. Does it suit that style of play better when it can only be one to two kicks and then bang, straight to them deep in the forward line? I mean, if Chloe Malloy plays and she's only ever well, one or two kicks yeah, from the yeah. ball, then, yeah. you know, you, this is a little yeah. bit dangerous to have a player like that so close to the action all the time. So I guess mm. and that'll probably play a part either way, whether no matter what ground she's on, yeah. she always she always gets into it. But, um, you know, it's a, it is it is a smaller ground. Um, and I know Collingwood really like to spread and like to use the width. So I think if Geelong can keep the pressure on and not let them use what width there is, I think they could potentially use that to their advantage. I'd say normally uh, get your tickets for the grand final now, but we still don't know if we'll be allowed crowds or not uh, next week. Um, if if the rollout of the of uh, loosening lockdown laws continues like last time, it would normally mean a thousand person cap. Um, we should mention that when uh, the Bulldogs Collingwood played in 2019, that was about 8,000, if I'm correct, for the women's attendance. I believe for, so. For, for it would have been around that, yeah. Yeah, for, for that grand final. So um, it would be significantly less, but still, if they allowed a thousand people, a thousand fanatical supporters making some noise. At Northport, especially in the grand centre, it can build up quite a nice atmosphere. So we saw, I think we saw that just as recently in the, uh, the ancient time of four weeks ago with Port and um, at Port Melbourne hosting Southern Saints. So there's definitely, I think it's the right choice to be playing it there. Fingers crossed that we can get some supporters and some friends and family of the players there to see, um, I think, what will be a momentous game and a momentous occasion for both sides. Indeed, it's almost wrap-up time here. Before we go, we might just get some quick thoughts on who were some of the standout players from today. Lauren Borden, who stood out for you? Yeah, I think looking at the Bombers, I think Davies and Anthony were um, working hard there, as was Barbara. I think she had a fantastic third quarter. Moving on, obviously, we saw Clark with three goals there uh, for Geelong. Boyd stood up there in defence, like Katie mentioned. Van Heuvel, obviously sensational as well. We saw her get plenty of touches. And I think Woolett had a nice last quarter too. So a few standouts there for me. Danny, who did you think stood out for you? Um, I think the rucks on both teams at different times really stood out. Olivia, I think, had a few actually like ground ball pickups out of you know, roving her own contest that I thought was really, really good for someone who hasn't been playing footy for that long. Um, and then obviously, um, you know, a couple, you know, a couple marks up forward for the Essendon ruck, and um, you know, that's a hard position to play getting up and down the ground. So well done for both of them. Katie Lambeski. 
Uh, I want to say Rebecca Webster from Geelong. There wasn't really a hard tag on either Prasparkas or Nanscorn. They just sort of backed her in to go win her own footy and go almost head-to-head with them in in her own way, and she led the way. 29 touches, just outstanding as well. Sophie Vandelhavel as well was very much an ever-present threat across midfield and across the wing with 20 touches herself. So really led the way at key moments and just was consistent throughout. So, yeah, brilliant uh, leaders for the Cats today. Well, it's about time for us to wrap up here on WARFradio.com. We'll be back on Sunday, the 8th of August from 12pm to 3.30pm to bring you the VFLW Grand Final. It is now set. Collingwood versus Geelong. They finished one and two on the ladder and they will do battle to decide the premiership. Danielle Marshall, thank you very much for your debut today and joining us on WARFradio.com. And we look forward to... Your commentary possibly coming up soon on the USAFL YouTube channel. Yeah, that'll be exciting. <laughs> Having to do a full game, memorize all the players. We'll see see how I go. <laughs> With the Western Regional Tournament coming up soon in Davis, California. No, no, we're not flying her over to Davis, California. Our budget isn't that much, but uh, <laughs> we look forward to, uh, to uh, having, uh, at least on replay, you uh, uh, doing special comments on some of those games. Katie Lambeski, marvellous work by you. Any MPL action coming up soon for people? Yes, later tonight I'm out at Altona Magic versus Eastern Lions at Paisley Park. Um, live from 6.30 on the MPL Victoria Facebook and YouTube channel, so check it out. Keep an eye out for that. And Lauren Borden, thank you very much for your marvellous work today, and we look forward to you putting on the caller's headsets for the grand final next week. Very excited to get to the VFL grand final day, even though it's about six weeks later than is expected. I'm Peter Holden. Thank you very much for your company. That is should be my last call for the year. I think Paul, I think, will be back next week to call the uh, grand final. And of course, hopefully you'll have Lucy Watkin and Julia Montesano calling on KO Sports, the vision of that VFLW grand final. On Wharf Radio, though, WRFradio.com, we'll look forward to your company Sunday, 8th of August at 12pm for the grand final. Today, it was Geelong 6945, defeating Essendon 2517.